do we dive in? Do we uh, uh, spend the obligatory half hour on sound check or on chatting about nothing in particular or what happens? We're going to jump right <laughs> in so that I can go help clean the gutters. Okay, don't. What? Because this is how we do it. I drive the tractor up underneath the gutters. I put mom in the bucket and I lift her high into the air and she <laughs> plays in the wet, goopy stuff and drops it on the ground. Next door, they've got a BMW. The other side, they have Mercedes. <laughs> I have a tractor. <laughs> That's just superb, having a tractor. In- <laughs> it will be 2014 before this is out. Second star to right and straight on morning. But- Guess what I've been doing? Talking on mute? Yes. This is asleep behind my computer, so I can't okay. see him, mm. except for there's this one little free paw sticking straight up in the air, <laughs> this disembodied leg. Schizophrenic. Thing one, thing two. It's like a Dr. Seuss book. Only I can be cat. I'm not a cat. You can attach logic to wizards, though. And he's talking to himself, and Neville says, who are you talking to? And he's like, myself, are you listening? Severus Snape is the heir of Gryffindor. <laughs> Teddy Lupin is the heir of Gryffindor. <laughs> Severus oh. Snape needs to be the heir of Hufflepuff. Lovely Cliffy for you. Those are Yay, I sort of skimmed through that scene in the book. Not... <laughs> he asked if he could put the kettle on, and I did not realize that it was going to be right there. Now I have two floating feet. <laughs> for Friday, September 7th, this is episode 151 of Potterfeet Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Hey Ron, the next time you're... Previously on Potterfic Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, we'd like to start at the beginning. That would be awesome! My resolutions for this Potterfic Weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic Whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Yeah. Okay, what did I miss? <laughs> Am I surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, <laughs> I'm Jen, and I don't know my outfit. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's two, and that could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants, not oh. trousers. Potterfic Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. But <laughs> <laughs> I was planning on getting ravished anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we we'll always laugh before the end. think we please where the story never ends. Mm-hmm. It says your bandwidth is too low, really don't try. It says that kind of stuff all the time. You sound fine. Good eye. And by so, the way, hi, I'm Sue. Hi, Sue. <laughs> hi, Cat. Hi, Scott. Hi. I'm, hi. I'm, three little squares that, with blinky lines that come on, and I, I guess that 
it means it, it, it thinks so-and-so's talking. It's yes. kind of, um, oh, two of you at the same time, then that was, that's, um, that's fun. <laughs> we do things like that a lot, especially if there's a lag. Yeah. Um, yes. I we try not to play. talk over each other, but we do. <laughs> it's really good when it comes to editing it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> We've tried, but she refuses to take them to edit, so. So, do we, uh, do we dive in? Do we uh, uh, spend the obligatory half hour on sound check or um, chatting about nothing in particular, or what happens? Well, usually, yeah, we spend half an hour chatting on nothing in particular, but since I planned this because my family was supposed to be at the pumpkin patch, and I wouldn't be needed to do chores, and since my family decided not to go to the pumpkin patch, and I am needed <laughs> to do chores, we're going to jump right in so that I can go help clean the gutters. Okay, What fun. Well, it is, Yay! because this is how we do it. I drive the tractor up underneath the gutters, I put Mom in the bucket, and I lift her high into the air, and she <laughs> plays in the wet, goopy stuff and drops it on the ground, and then I back her up and move her over. And, and on behalf of everyone, I'd just like to say my hand. I wish we, I wish we had a tractor we could fit in our back garden. Our gutters desperately need doing it, and there's no way. Sue lives on a farm. I kind of gathered that from the tractor bit. Otherwise, that's just superb, having a tractor and... I can imagine. <laughs> it's a fun little thing. You're like, next door they've got a BMW, the other side they have Mercedes. I have a tractor. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, John Deere tractor. It's not, it's a Kubota. Ah. Uh, one of my other other obsessions is music, and my favourite musician is Steve Morse, who does a wonderful tune called the John Deere Letter. So I... I get random associations like that all the time. So okay. if I come up if I come up with something really random, just let me know and it can be edited out later. Ah, no worries. You'll fit right in. We do random Good. quite well. So since I have had the chapters mixed up since we began this, we're starting with twenty two, is that correct? Indeed. That's that what correct. you told me. Yes. yes. Okay. So I've got it lined up over here somewhere. Here we are. I've got a t- couple of tabs open with, I've got fan fiction and I've got the um, fan fiction version, so I've got, I can jump about. That's always fun, jumping about. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see any food in the cat dish, so I thought, okay, that'll be fine. We won't hear cat food being eaten during the podcast. But he's over there finding something, because I can hear him. I've got Snowy just the other side of the laptop, and you see she's cleaning herself at the moment. She might meow loudly later on when she gets disturbed. Um, Stiggy out in the conservatory and Poppy is probably outside somewhere in the dark because she does that. I think Poncho's next to the radiator. <sighs> well, that's a good spot. It's a very good spot. We tend, Phil, to have pets on the podcast. Usually it's a dog. Every once in a while the cats join us, so having your cats join us will not be a problem. Good. Yes, I, I, I remember the, the trailer with, with the, the dog getting kicked in the head. That was a... <laughs> we try not to kick our pets. <laughs> but we try. Or indeed have them struck by lightning. Yeah. Well, yes. There's that. That will be in the next pod, second podcast coming out. Because one's that didn't happen during the podcast. That we know of. No, it was the tarantula. It was so just I, a spider. I, 
Yeah, I'm sort of oh. gradually working through PFW from the start, and I'm partway through season two at the moment. <laughs> oh, the classics. I need to do that sometime. I still haven't listened to the first 20 or so. Oh. Are you serious? I yeah. started them from the beginning, and I'm on 34 at the moment. Well, I still I haven't read after the end, so I haven't been listening to the podcast on it. Uh, oh, I, I read it as I listened to the podcast. I started with the Dangerous episodes, which are about number 50 or something. Mm-hmm. And then I sort of gradually, I, I looked further back to see if there was anything I'd read, and I can't remember what I picked up. So I went, I just went back to the beginning and, and then read the ones. And uh, so I, I, I think I had started reading a few pages ago, but never finished it, so maybe but I, I did that and then I got through and it's, it's actually brought, it, it made me read They Shook Hands, which I hadn't wanted to, to do because of a certain thing that happens in, in uh, book two um, but it, it, I got through it and, and it was it was interesting listening to the, to the discussion It's always yeah, interesting yeah, I, I refuse I to, to say, read They Shook Hands Because of the book two thing or because of the Slytherin thing or because I am notorious for hating Draco Malfoy, uh, and I can't imagine there being a realistic way of Harry Potter befriending Draco Malfoy. So I have to say, I got past it, and I really like it. And it well, this is different. This is different. <laughs> First of all, yes. and. And changed my opinion by switching his name to Black and raising him differently. So I, I was like, okay, I can I can kind of get behind this. This is okay. He's not like a total ass anymore. And you know, then you know, when when Be Careful started you know coming out, I was really interested to see how she was going to you know switch his frame of mind from a book seven start point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically to take take a small boy, torture him for sixteen years, and then. Really torture him and see him flip. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's but but you know, base your cans from how I understand it. Draco Malfoy doesn't change all that much. He still has the only child spoiled syndrome. He's not an only child in base your cans. Oh, but but mm-hmm. he's still he has the, an, the younger brother's he's an idiot. syndrome. Yeah, and ah, well. they shook hands. Harry is 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 getting testy with him. I think. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see where it goes next. I know Death has been writing hard. He got a so plot bonus for something else. And apparently he's not he allowed pop- to get plot bonus for other things. <laughs> oh, yeah, I get that all the time, but I'm actually I'm no good, good at writing them, so I've just had to write them down somewhere and hope I can remember what happened. Is Basic Hands Book 5 available anywhere you can pass through, or did he not put it anywhere until it's finished? He won't put it up until it's finished, as far as I understand. Same, yeah. He gave me uh, one through four, and I still haven't read them. I feel bad. <laughs> um, there are some people that have read pieces of it, I think, that he uses his betas or he uses um, just to, you know, for feedback. But it's not up anywhere for the general public. Yeah. And aside from, like, a paragraph here or there or a page here and there, I don't think I've even seen it. And he does tend to send me stuff, so. Yeah, it's kind of, and does stuff like that, but normally sort of a, a chapter at a time, rather than a book at a time. Mm-hmm. So I, yep. I, I, I've seen the old snippet here or there. And like, in, in the Dangerous, there's the old thing that I know 
in advance. But well, can, can you imagine waiting? Can you imagine waiting for facing danger? As, um, we, as an entire book. <laughs> refer to write well, however many chapters that is. Yeah. We sixty. We we did it for JKR. That's it's true. true. That's true. So since Sue has to clear leaves, apparently, which is why I live in an apartment, I don't have to do that. Uh, should we get started? Yes. Mostly pine needles, but same difference. And yes, Scott or Kat, would either of you like to start us? So... Yeah, Phil has connection troubles occasionally, so he's the, the new me. <laughs> that works. In that sense. Oop, now he's works. not online. Oh dear. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. It should be possible for him to click the join group thing and have it, it work, but... It's not working, it just calls us all individually, which is weird. Yeah. He's back, okay. Another shot. Hey, Phil. I'm back. Welcome back. Hi. So, um, if you drop, let me call you back, because for some reason it doesn't let you hit the call button and join the group, it lets you call us individually. Okay. So that's weird. And um, the reason that your Skype says that I'm using old Skype is because I'm on a Mac and my Mac, uh -huh. because Skype says it's old. I don't know why. But. Yeah, Mac and Windows don't talk to each other. <laughs> well, of course not. Not Windows is stupid. You can start. It's fine with me. Oh, you didn't actually start. Oh, good. I didn't tell you. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, everybody. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. I'm Cat. I'm not Cat. I'm Phil. <laughs> Not a cat is Phil's forum name for those of you who are terribly confused. But he's joining us from England this week, which is all sorts of fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're starting out our coverage with chapter 22 Be careful where you call home. Yes. We start with Hermione climbing a tree. Mm -hmm. Which she does a lot in Anne's stories. This okay. is a Hermione thing. I can see her being a tree climber. I grew up in a city. We had two trees that you could climb, and not very well even. The whole tree climbing thing is lost on me. I have climbed one tree in my entire life. Trees are fun. I'll take course, your word I for it. I've ever climbed a tree either, but yeah. yeah and, um, I climbed lots of trees when I was a kid. We had uh, woods in the, the back of our garden, and my dad used to make us climbing friends out of logs or half trees. My sister and I used to climb around and get shafted out by them. Kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. We're liable to have door noise in just a second. <laughs> Is Bonnie coming in? Come on, Bonnie. This would be the dog film. Okay. No, well, she's she's up on the landing, but she hasn't tried the door yet, so we'll go with it and see what happens. It's okay. a nice sunny day, so she might just lay out there in the sun. Oh, good. We've had a nice sunny day here as well. The cats have loved it. Well, where we so, left off on the last podcast. Draco had just managed to turn his sleep schedule around and he was going to transfer worlds just in time for the coming of age. And Hermione is climbing the tree, thinking about her coming of age, and she pops her head over the window, basically just as Draco wakes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he wants to know, did it work? Did I make it? And he sits up and looks around and... Yeah. There's a girl at his window. <laughs> <laughs> there's no dementors, but there's a funny shadow. Now, what in the world? <laughs> and then we get the girl. Yep. Yeah. 
He says, do you climb trees in those ropes? I can climb trees in anything, thank you very much. (laughs) He tells her she's very welcome. Mm-hmm. This is a, a morning who hasn't hasn't had the last six years of Greco standing over forks every opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't have any negative associations with him. And he's being very careful to keep, you know, Granger as in Hermione Granger from canon and Hermione very separate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He can't afford to slip up and call our Hermione Hermione when he's supposed to be being a junior death eater. And, yeah. Yep. And everyone's downstairs, so they go downstairs. Well, he's about to escort her downstairs, and then he realizes he's slept in these robes as well as wearing them for most of the day, so he decides he's going to freshen up a little bit, since this is some sort of special occasion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he heads off for the shower. Uh, he, yeah, he doesn't have the dress robes that he'd had to the ball because he didn't actually bring them with him. So he just gets mm-hmm. a clean set of all the robes and yeah, yeah. the wardrobe, which... And I have some universe... about the differences between the worlds. Uh, here we go. Everybody talking at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, checks you over. Because he checks himself in the mirror because he is Draco Malfoy, after all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is where we still... We see this is still the Draco from canon in a lot of ways. Like, he is being very vindictive, but towards Voldemort and Lucius this time, because they're the ones who have really hurt him, and no one hurts a Malfoy and gets away with it. Yeah, and I'm wondering if this is some foreshadowing. Could be, I suppose. I don't know. But be be plenty of foreshadowing. Was... Yeah. <laughs> Who is the only one? Wait. Scott, have you finished uh, Be Careful yet? Yes, I have now read all the way through because once I read the chapters for our last podcast, I just sort of didn't stop. So, so Sue's the only one who hasn't read the entire way through. Right. So... <laughs> It's hard when you say, for, like, is this foreshadowing? And we're, the rest of us are like, we've got to sit on our hands and just be quiet. That's usually me, so. This is a man wolf story. It's mostly foreshadowing. Right. Mm. Yeah, she does a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Not always on purpose, but somehow she does. So then we have Abby, who jumps off the flying carpet and runs up to see if Draco's there. And she's had a vision. And she, it could have gone one of two ways. And so she's really afraid that it's gone the second way. And she flings open the door and the bed's empty. And she's so upset. And Aww. a voice behind her says, looking for something? And of <laughs> course she thinks it's Ray. But when she turns around, it's Draco. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yay! He's been in the bathroom cleaning himself up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Abby is just the darling. She is one of the best. Abby's great. I also love love Dragon Charlie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Phil, you're a little soft. Oh, sorry. Well, yeah, I can speak up a bit, maybe. Uh, I don't know whether I can turn it up. Is that better? It seems to work. Yeah, I just didn't want to lose you in the shuffle. 
yeah, I'm just trying not to speak over everyone, really. This is kind of it, but... And there's a sort of yellow thing showing up on my call quality, which I don't know whether that's a good or bad thing, but I'll, I'll just leave it. Yeah, you can probably ignore it. Good. Okay. So, yeah, so we've got all these people arriving on the, the carpet, and uh, we've met Cousin Tom, haven't we? Yes, we have. So we, we've had, yes, that that came as a... Did that come as a big shock to everyone? I, I haven't heard the previous podcast on this, obviously. We actually haven't covered this yet. Well, we've talked about Cousin Tom. Yeah, but that he, first... Yeah, I don't know that we've talked That's about fun. it. He, I don't think it was a big shock because I knew that she was adding people from the other universe. A little bit of a shock who he's married to. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of weird to think of him with children and grandchildren. Mm-hmm. I but, think the first time that I read it, it was a little bit of a shock. She managed to get me with that. I wasn't expecting him, but yeah. um, I wasn't uh, falling over or anything. <laughs> the The marriage to Professor McGonagall didn't shock me so much because they were either in the same year or around thereabouts, the same age. So you have, you have two characters that are in major positions in canon character that are the same age and they're opposite sexes. Most authors would put them together. It definitely made me... I giggled a little bit when Tom showed up because I was like, oh, I don't know where you're going with this. And I like it when I don't know where somebody's going with something. Mm-hmm. I love the way she, she danced around not giving us his name until right at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And then he's, 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 he's the defense of the dark, uh, against the dark arts professor, which obviously from Canon we know he wanted to do as Voldemort. Right. And... and 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 here he is, and there's no curtain. He's been the DADA professor for goodness knows how long. Yeah. Probably ever since the one who retired when he was applying in canon, I suppose. Yeah, that makes sense. So we have Abby telling Draco that only the family is allowed down in the room where the core is. And so he thought, oh, I guess I can't do that because I'm not family. And he says, well, okay, I'll just go find something else to do. And she's like, what are you talking about? You're, you're family. And he doesn't think so, but she convinces him to go down and attempt and let the room decide whether or not he's family. So mm-hmm. that's pretty yeah. much where we're, we're heading now. Well, Mooney backs her up. You're close enough to family that we can see what the manor does with that. And it's possible that the manor's going to say you're not close enough blood, but it's also possible that the manor's going to say there's Beauvoir or Riddle blood in you, and you need to figure that out. Draco is just not sure what to make of all this, because he's just recently finally decided this is a real world, and here's all this weird stuff happening, and there's uh, actual building that is curious to learn about him and he says i could wish this world was a little less insane but then it wouldn't be nearly as much fun it's interesting that this world is such a stark contrast to harry's world that it's kind of almost as insane as this because you've got the weasleys and this whole loving accepting thing and now it's draco's turn to experience that Mm-hmm. And but where Harry comes from a background that's definitely bad and and certainly you know a rejection, Draco has come from a world where the line between uh, abuse and love is grayer 
and and not as clear. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's I think Anne does it very well that it takes more for him to accept the alternate universe as home. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes 22 chapters for him to say this is home. And that is good. Like, I, I wouldn't have bought this even from Anne if he, in the second chapter, says, hey, look, there's this really fun place instead of this really controversial place that, that's at war with each other right now. I'm going to say this is my home instead. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, that mm-hmm. that's not realistic. Whereas a lot of authors will, will would want to put that because they want to save Draco. It it takes time because it's not as black and white. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, except for the last couple of years, Draco's had a pretty great time in his world. You can say that his father doesn't really love him or has weird ways of showing it, and he doesn't have the relationship there, which is what he gets in this world. But um, he's been... Other than that, he's basically had Dudley's life. He's been the rich kid. He gets all the presents that he wants. He can go off and do pretty much anything that he feels like doing. And he's enjoyed that all his life. It's, It's not that this is a horrible, terrible place that he's escaping from, except in these last couple of years after Voldemort has come back and basically ruined what there was of his life. Right. I'm not saying that Draco's father doesn't love him. I'm saying that love is a lot more complicated than J.K. Rowling put it out to be with Harry's family. That it was the, this very black and white thing. It, it Love is a lot more complex and gray than that. And mm-hmm. it's really and nice... It's a very funny way of showing that love. Well, that. it's really nice seeing a character, and I think this is why everyone wants Draco to be redeemed, is, is it's great seeing a character who comes from a background of more complex love and he's still able to have a happy life and be redeemed. Yeah, I wasn't particularly disagreeing with you, just expanding on your point a little there. Okay. The Dursleys are pretty much cardboard characters. They were designed that way for the most part. Yeah. So, you know. So we have Draco coming and putting his hand on the pillar and he really doesn't know what to do at this point. But he's supposed to try and slow down his pulse so that he can match with the the manor's pulse. And it takes him a little bit to manage to do that, but then something is apparently talking to him. Mm-hmm. Which is very strange. And we learn that he does apparently feel different. The manor can tell that he's not from the direct line with everyone else, but there's enough of a similarity, he still gets accepted. I love the first words that the house says to him, I see you. It's just like, <laughs> well, that's a very Halloween-y thing to say to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> You're expecting Sauron? Yeah, pretty much. It's just kind of like, oh, do you want your ring back? You cannot die. I see yeah, it's interesting. Okay, hold that thought for a minute. Phil, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you now. Um, I'm slightly lost as to where you are. I don't remember Sauron turning up in this story. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I read it. We're just at the very beginning of Chapter 23. Yeah. The okay. Manor Corps has started talking to him. Ah, so I, I, I had a thought when I was reading. I listened to this. I had three beard. Oh, yes. Because it says it's yeah. a very slow, ancient voice. And, I hear mm-hmm. John Rhys Davis 
Ay, sí, Boronomia. Yeah, I can definitely get that. Yeah. So he's talking with the manor house, and, and I like the manor. It's, it says, you know, you don't really belong here, but you do, and it's kind of almost an ancient or thin. I, you're thinned and changed but you are of the line that made me, and so it will accept him. And it tells him that the fate of many rests with him. Do not come to fear, but treasure joy and rescue love, and all may yet be well. And Draco's thinking, rescue love? What are you talking about? We've got to have the cryptic utterances somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, and where better to give them but the, you know, the ancient house. I dropped out again. Did we mention the, the treasure joy bit? Yes. Did anybody, did, did anybody notice? What oh, we're, we're, we're just on that. We're just on that. Yeah. So if you I, may mention it. Right. I hope I'm not making an idiot of myself by misremembering this, but I'm fairly sure that Abigail means joy. Mm-hmm. So the treasure Remus joy. Remus calls her that all the time. Yeah. And yeah. rescues her. And Anne does have a habit of playing with the um, the meanings of names when she's writing her prophecies and such. So I can definitely see that being in there. And then we have a little scene with Charlie, the younger. I love Charlie. <laughs> Charlie's so cute. <laughs> He's so apparently have... trying to fly, and Destrick uh, manages to forestall him. I, I have a little cousin who has since grown up, but I, I just, he has this, you know, he had this attitude when he was little, and I just can I can hear it in his voice, like dragons don't take orders. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I'm back. But I, I I I love um, Draco's logic in this. He's 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 such a Slytherin. I love that Anne doesn't change him and make him you know a total Gryffindor. He does, you know, his bravery does come out, but his cunning to, you know, say, well, dragons take draggers from bigger dragons. And, of course, Charlie can't argue with that. Yep, he has to remind Charlie what Draco means, and he's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> at that point, at that point, Draco realizes, half realizes what he's living himself in for. Great. Now they're going to need me to tell him what to do all the time. Maybe I can convince him somebody else is a dragon too. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that he plants his feet because Draco had told him to stay. And that's when he Mm. said, "Ah, dragons don't take orders. And so when Draco finally convinces him that he's the bigger dragon and he does need to take orders, he plants his feet, faces into the middle of the room and gets really still, you know, perfectly personifying stay. But then the others come in and Draco ends up with a little bundle of joy that he wasn't expecting to have in his arms. Yes. He gets to hold Aurora. And is, you know, freaked out as any young boy who's never held a baby would be. Any young boy, any young anybody. (laughs) Yep. The first time I was a, uh, I held a baby, I was like, "What do I do with this?" <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Babies don't like me. That's they pretty much what he's thinking. Oh, of course that's too do. bad. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> and we we see a little bit of uh, Paul's previous training, which I thought was cute too. See, um, 
wants ah. his mother to pick him up, and um, she just clears her throat, and he has to say please before she actually will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I recognize that line from the Dangerverse because that is the genie line. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. Yep, I I do I love I love the characterization of Morgan. Here, you, Dreambor, what's your name? <laughs> Take her. <laughs> Take this child. I don't want her. Yeah. Uh, uh, she says, it's a baby, not a, a rumpet horn. And he's like, I'd rather hold a rumpet horn. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know those are dangerous. This I'm not so sure, but I think it's dangerous. Yeah. So Abby has to give him a few words of advice. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. Good with that. Babies are like horses. They can tell when you're scared. <laughs> I've never heard that metaphor before. Or I, what am I? It's Saturday morning. What do, you, what do you expect from me? It's a simile. Yeah, one of I those things. I just had a last night. Horses can tell when you're afraid, and so can babies. So it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it works. I've just never heard it. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> So then we get into the main event mm-hmm. of the evening. Indeed. Yes. You're fine. Yep. So Draco's kind of rocking the baby, and there's a knock on the door, and Professor Riddle opens it and says, Who seeks to enter here and why? And Ray, somebody else take this over while I call Phil back. Ray, uh, Ray of course, because he's the heir, is... I am Raynard, son of the House of Beauvoir and the line of Slytherin. I seek to enter my birth, to claim my birthright. And then Hermione gets to do the same thing because it's only fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're twins, after all. Right. Yep. And in these night time of troubles, they need a backup. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Draco sort of notices it sounds like a script, but they must have practiced this for quite a while. Yeah. And Mooney tells them that by their law, they're now men and women. And the masters of the universe! Man and woman. <laughs> They're now adults. And, uh, it's very them. awkwardly. I, I, I will say that it's that part is very awkwardly phrased, and it's like, oh, no, you don't mean it like that. That's the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, probably in the usual ritual, you'd only say one of the two, and they've had to modify it slightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't think they're used to having two. Yeah, yeah they probably... Uh, well, the way I took it is that just because the wizarding world is still slightly backwards and old-fashioned, that the man is the heir and the woman isn't. Mm-hmm. But because the Beauvoir and the Riddles are forward-thinking, they were, they were going to let Hermione do it, too, because... It's only fair that she, you know, she's firstborn too. Right, and mm-hmm. they do really need a backup just in case something happens. Yes. And do we know which one of them was born first? I think Ray was by four minutes or something like that. Yeah. It says that somewhere, but I can't remember which chapter. Second or third, I think, very beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that with the troubles that they're having, that having two would be much better than just one. So that makes sense as well. Yeah, he says, though it's not the custom in these dangerous times, I believe necessary. Mm-hmm. 
So they go on with the ritual, but they do it in Parseltongue, mm -hmm. which Abby translates for Draco, which is very nice, and us, which is very nice. I would be frightened. I would be tempted to, like, run from the room screaming. With the Parseltongue, you mean? It's kind of this whole concept of parcel magic, which has run now rampant throughout fandom, that you can... You don't know what they're sending toward you, and it's, I think I'm going to leave now. Yeah. yeah, but Draco made it through meeting the snake, so if he can meet the snake, he can hang out in there while they're pissing at each other. That's true. I, I probably wouldn't have met Sangre at all. Unless <laughs> <laughs> you very sniff your fingers. Probably not. Very, very long back. <laughs> it was a yeah. long bag. <laughs> it's like Hermione's bottomless bag only it just you can see it all the way to the bottom yep mm. so they start with the ritual and the room plunges into darkness yeah and, and the baby wakes up uh oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and Draco's like I'm gonna drop her yes. but danger is there to rescue both him and the baby which is very good yes and he manages mm -hmm. to avoid a tiny fist that was going to nail him in the nose. Mm -hmm. and, um, I love the way Danger talks to the baby. I know, I know, it got all dark and people made noise and you didn't like it, but now it will be all, it will be all right. Just as soon as your silly cousins get their wits about them and turn the lights back on. Yes, <laughs> yeah. mother. Yes, mother. Yes, mother. <laughs> 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 yep. And they look like they've been through heck. Mm. Which they shouldn't really for what's happened and Moody wants to know what's happened and they said that they reset the wards on the house and he's like, uh, why, pray tell? And they said, well, we may not... In case be. Draco falls asleep again, mm -hmm. basically. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, and that was it. Moody's like, didn't we have this talk about doing things without uh, consulting me first? Wasn't that several chapters ago? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but they're of age. They think they can get away with it. So. Did you say? Th did you say think? <laughs> yeah, I did think. I did say think. Yes. Uh, and so. so and now they have a. They have a family on it. He says, "Okay, that's all right. Uh, you were sloppy, but we'll talk about that later." <laughs> yeah. Uh, Drake so is they have slightly envious, and Abby realizes it and says, "You know, we're a f your family now." And he can be your father, too. And he kind of thinks about it, but he doesn't want to add to the burden that Mooney already has. And yeah. he mm -hmm. has mom. She can be enough. Well, he's, he's always... It's also... To me, the Beauvoirs to Draco are the Weasleys to Harry. Like, they're not going to be his family, absolutely. They're not going to be, like, Sirius and Remus Lupin are to him, to some extent. More serious than, than Remus, but they're still there. They're still yeah. a good source of happiness in his life. The Weasleys kind of adopted him, but Sirius was officially his godfather. And for Draco, it's, you know, he's glad to be with the Beauvoirs and they're nice to him. And yes, he realizes he would sort, he's sort of related to them, but it's not quite the same as, um, Cecilia, who actually looks like his mother and has adopted him officially and all of that. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. And apparently gives really, really good hugs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is always good. Always. I wonder if she was a Hufflepuff. And we have a cute little moment where Diana 
wants to go out with Charlie. Not go out, but, you know, <laughs> go down the hall with Charlie. And he looks up at the girl, then he looks at Draco, and he's, like, not sure. And Draco says, well, he's a little young, but okay. And he nods. And, of course, then the boy puts his arm out and offers her an elbow, and off they go. And mm -hmm. Draco's like, they're cute. Everybody smiles at cute kids. And people behind yeah. him are like, can you keep walking now? <laughs> but he's have to, He has to rationalize to himself the fact that he's smiling, mm -hmm. which is not a Draco Malfoy thing to do. Yeah. Nope. And Abby wants him to promise her a dance. And he says, are you sure there's going to be dancing? Because I don't want to make a promise I can't keep. And he's really kind of hoping, I think, that there isn't going to be dancing because the dancing that he's used to isn't very fun. So he rewords his promise a little bit. He says, okay, if they play a song that I know, I will dance with you. I'm forgetting the order of things. Is this before or after the big dancing at Hogwarts? Have we had that yet? I don't yes, this is... Oh, wait, yeah, because the big dancing was in fourth year. No, no, no. I, I mean the, the rainbow reel thing. It's coming up. It's coming oh, up. It's just before that. It's, yeah. it's before, yes. Yeah, that's what he ends up getting into because of this promise. Yep. Yes. And they've gone outside, and once again, Mooney, and this is where everybody's kind of waiting, not just the family, and Mooney introduces Ray and Nini to, well, Mooney and Danger introduce them to everyone there, and they kind of stand there and lift their arms up and... Draco's like, it's almost like they're waiting for something. And sure enough, a big red and brown hawk lands yeah. on, Dra on, on Draco. Yeah, <laughs> on Ray. And no, a snail on me. The red and brown blur is is um, Ron's animator's form. is a red hawk and lands on Nini. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the owl is, is starving. As, as I, I only realised last night watching, a, um, we have a, a programme here called Autumn Watch, it's a, a live nature programme, and uh, Redwing is the name that Ron takes for his form, he's an actual bird, there's an actual bird called Redwing, it's not big and impressive, it's a little tiny really cute bird, and I, I kind of think there's somebody who's going to tweak him about that at some point. <laughs> Just to clarify, Starwing is Luna Lovegood, that's, that's her Animagus name. They all got Marauder names. So it's their boyfriend and girlfriend have come to land on them in their Animagus forms. Yeah, so because they're going to fun. be there for them. Yes, and, <laughs> and things immediately move farther than that, because as soon as Hermione flings Ron into the air, and he changes back on top of the level of the windows, but before he can fall, he has unshrunk his broom that he's been holding swoops down and grabs her, and they head off to Gretna Green. Hermione and Ron are getting married. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because they're both of age now, and they decide it's time. They're basically eloping, except for the fact that everybody knows they're eloping because they've done it in front of the whole group. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so someone could stop them if they really wanted to, but nobody really wants to. No, they're made for each other. I can just imagine Abby dancing around in a, in a circle. My sister's a Weasley! My sister's a Weasley! Well, you know, Weasleys are fun people to be. <laughs> James Potter wanted to be a Weasley. Mm -hmm. He did. Wait, when was this? I want to be a Weasley. Just last season, I think. Mm -hmm. It's an elephant. Which James pa Potter? 
uh, uh, young James Potter. James okay, Stewart. I was just like, yeah. I don't remember this. Because <laughs> you, you, James is alive in this pic. You have to be careful. Yes, uh, we have too many stories to reference. We do. <laughs> and Draco right. kind of stumbles, and Harry actually catches him, and Draco's like, this is surreal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm sitting beside. I'm standing beside Harry Potter, talking about Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger getting married. It's weird. Except, of course, he's not Granger in this world. But you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And so Abby says they're gonna do the rainbow reel, and off everybody goes because apparently it's something that they really like. It's really popular. Yeah. And Draco. and Draco says, I don't think I know that one. And he doesn't really want to disappoint her, but it's not a name he recognizes. And so she starts whistling it, and he's like, okay, back up, um, slow it down, and don't bounce so much. And she's like, well, that's how it goes. Humor me. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out to be a song he has danced to, but in his world, they do it very slow and somberly, and it's no fun at all. Everyone hates it. Mm-hmm. It's a pattern pacing dance where where you're all about where specifically you put your feet and all that kind of thing. Whereas in their world, it's done at three times the speed and everybody just romps through the whole thing. I've pro- if, if this dance actually exists, I've probably done it because something like this sounds familiar. Uh, I have blocked out all the ballroom dancing slash partner dancing that I have ever done. Well, in middle school, they had us take something called Fortnightly, where you meet every other week for like six months and learn how to dance with a partner, mm-hmm. with a boy, and it's disgusting. Um, because they boys, have cooties. <laughs> boys have cooties, what, what can you say? <laughs> but I, I have vague recollections of something like this, but I can't remember. I, everyone hates Fortnightly. I'm pretty so sure it's, it's a real dance. Ah, uh, uh, yes, I Google it. There is a dance called the Rainbow Reel. Um, Anne, Anne is pretty hot on these things. Mm-hmm. Um, she she does musicals, and, and I, I don't know where she acts. There's actually a link to a version of it at the end of the chapter, except that the link on Fanfic Authors, anyway, is out of date. But you can search for it on YouTube and find various different versions of it. So mm-hmm. It reminds me of a square dance. It, yeah. That was kind of a square dance would be a calling type of a dance. And and a lot of this reminds me of what we used to do when we were kids when we square danced. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The version she was linking to is actually from Lord of the Dance, that um, Irish dancing program that went around the world for a while. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's quite balancy. And so then we switch scenes and Draco is... Trying to dance the dance. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Except he's back in um, Malfoy Manor. He's just trying to remember it, I guess. Or mm-hmm. can't help yeah, repeating I everything. I think it's just stuck in his head and he's kind of just doing it. Because he had so much fun. And he's on his way to do something adventurous. And he overhears uh, Snape and the Dark Lord talking. Are you sure it's going to be tonight? And quite sure. And it sounds like they're going to be moving Harry. Yes, so this is just pre-Seven Potters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which I watched last night. I love the fact that 
and puts very small references to Deathly Hallows in here, so it doesn't distract from the plotline that we care about. Mm-hmm. But we still have a track of where everything's happening, which you get mid-fic, and, and it's really important to know where canon is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does in canon really quite a long way through. Most yeah. of the way, like, even with some deviations, I think all the way up to Christmas, it sticks to canon quite closely. Right. Even afterwards, it sticks to canon almost completely, apart from Draco's change. Yeah, and it follows canon information. Just some of the yeah. ways things happen change around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, but we'll get to that because that's kind of a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. And it was a little bit of a surprise to hear this in here because it it just tells you something about the scale of the story because here we are 24 chapters in and we haven't even done the seven potters thing yet Mm -hmm. whereas that's like the second or third chapter of deathly hallows (laughs) so you know there's a reason why there this is 111 chapters (laughs) oh yes so draco's on his way to find the core of the manor he's hoping it's still there in his time and he gets all the way down to the cellar and he's walking the way he walked with Abby and all of a sudden there's a wall in front of him and he's like well that doesn't make sense how can everything else be identical except for this and he starts kind of feeling around and the stones are solid up to a point and then at a point his hand goes right through the stone yep and he's like all right now do I step through this and if I do am I gonna get smashed or what? And he kind of experiments a minute and realizes that he can, his hand's okay. So he should be able to get through. And he finds out that there's just enough space for a skinny teenage boy to get through. And that's what he does. Yeah. So sometime in the past, this corridor has been disguised, but mm-hmm. we never really find out when that happened. But nope. Or really go. why. Or who. So. I just kind of assumed the house did it. Mm-hmm. That's very probable. And in the meantime, we have Lucius joining the group that's going after Harry. And the Dark Lord saying, "Uh, perhaps I wasn't clear. And Lucius interrupting, which uh, was pretty brave on his part as far as I'm concerned. And saying that Draco has lent him his wand so he can go. But he will bow to the Dark Lord. And if he doesn't want him to go, then that's fine too. Mm-hmm. So we have to get our mm-hmm. groveling in, even though he did, did stand up to him a bit. Was yeah, this in on that on in canon? I can't remember. I can't remember if we see him anywhere in that. No, I don't know. No, because well, I mean, I assume no because Voldemort uses Lucius's wand, and right. unless he has a spare lying around, and blows it up, if I recall correctly. Yes, he, it gets <laughs> destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I know this isn't movie, but uh, I have the Blu-ray of the movie, and I've never been able to watch it because we don't have a Blu-ray player, but my brother does. So I took it down to his house last night when we went down for dinner and got to watch all the deleted and extra scenes and all of that oh, stuff. Nice. Oh, did we? does the Blu-ray disc have the Lucius Malfoy guides you through the movie? Yes, and I got to see a minute of it, but Mike really wanted to see the movie. He didn't remember it, so he didn't want to watch it with all that extra stuff. Oh! I know. Okay, so that's another reason to go over to your house a second time, because I want to see Lucius, and I'm not buying a Blu-ray player. Yeah, we'll go down to Mike's. It'll be fine. But um, Awesome. 
the scene where the Dark Lord takes Lucius's wand and snaps it. It's just so well played by him. It's just yeah. Oh yeah. Jason Isaacs, man. Jason Isaacs was really cool. My mom was like, who is that? I said, that's Draco's father. She said, doesn't look like him. I said, yeah, you gotta put the blonde wig back on him and then it'll look like him. So, uh, you know... Hmm? Are they supposed to look almost identical in canon? I know in the Dangerverse and the various derivatives there's a big play made that Lucius is basically a grown-up version of Draco, like James is a grown-up version of Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, in um, canon, are they supposed to look so alike? I think they're supposed to be fairly similar. At least, you know, they both have pointed faces and very, very blonde hair. I don't know that she goes into that goes into it that closely, but they are supposed to be fairly similar anyway. Mm-hmm. I always I pictured them as like the same kind of a thing that he has his father's face and stuff. His, his mother's eyes? No. <laughs> <laughs> could be. It's possible. That would be interesting. That would be odd. Who's, who decided to give the movie version of Narcissa Malfoy a badger wig? I really don't know. Yeah. Someone, someone who, yeah, that was not a good decision. It's trying I, to, you know, connect them in because she doesn't look anything like Bell, Bellatrix, and you want to say, you know, these two are sisters, but she doesn't look anything like Bellatrix in the books either mm-hmm. so like nope. their features are similar they both have the long um pointed face and they have one has black hair and one has really really blonde hair and i always assumed andromeda would probably have sort of middle brown mm-hmm. but doesn't andromeda look almost identical to bellatrix but with different colored hair and they're supposed to look sort of like sirius as well if i remember mm-hmm. i think so yeah because yeah. a lot of fix um, when Andromeda walks into a place, people freak out because they think it's Bella, and then they're like, "Oh, it's you." Okay. Well, Harry did. Harry did when he landed at uh, Andromeda's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In in canon. Oh yeah, is that where that comes from? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I will say. I don't think any of that family really look quite like I thought they would in the movies, but they play them well enough that it doesn't matter as much. It's mm-hmm. just. It's one of those little niggling things. Well, I'm a purist. There are almost no characters in the movies that I'm just like, that is my insert character here. Mm-hmm. Apart from Jason Isaacs. He just plays Lucius so well that it's just like, that's my Lucius Malfoy. But we didn't even get to see Andromeda in the movies because no. um, Harry and Hagrid end up at the day drop in at the borrow. Yeah. yeah. Which Something... makes sense as far as the movies go, but yeah. It could be an that. extra set for them to build in one scene for it to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it would make the fans so happy. <laughs> but they don't care. At some point, someone will do a Peter Jackson on the Harry Potter books. I will wait 70 years for that to happen. And even if it does, I will be the happiest person in the world if it does. Mm-hmm. I've been saying for ages what they really need to do is do them as TV miniseries so they actually have time to do that and then they don't all have to be the same length. They don't have to be two hours each. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because That's you could do, saying as well. You could do Philosopher's Stone in, in sort of four or five episodes, and then you've got 17 episodes for Goblet of Fire or whatever. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, Chamber of Secrets would be next, but yeah. I get, I get well, what I'm, you're saying. I mean, the different, yeah, different length. Yeah. yeah. 
So the Dark Lord requests the honor of having Lucius accompany him. Because uh -huh. he's actually useful now that he has a wand. And late to the party, so might as well. Yep. And then we jump to Draco finding the core. Now I listen to this and in uh, something I've never done before, usually I listen chapter by chapter. And they kind of all run together anyhow, because the way that my iPod's set up, it just plays them in a row. And so I just loaded them all on one page and played them that way, so I only had to convert them once. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's really interesting because we you have the Dark Lord inviting uh, Lucius to go with him. And then you have, and here it is. And I'm like, and here what is? <laughs> What's going And then it goes on. And I'm like, okay, I understand now. We've jumped to Draco. But it did throw me. Like, the every time I listened to it, it threw me. So Yeah. Text readers don't le read line breaks. It's very sad. <laughs> yeah. I'm and waiting for the... You put it in, and then you it, you hear sex, 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 sex. Oh, yeah. My Kindle is, is bizarre. My Kindle does a longer pause for a comma than for a full stop. Mm -hmm. and, and, That's and, strange. And some line breaks, it just simply doesn't break. Wow. It just, yeah, it's really, especially in dialogue. So mm -hmm. the dialogue just goes da 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 da, and you're like, hang on, this, did anyone, anyone breathe at any point during that? <laughs> mm -hmm. They need to have a setting where those horizontal rules or whatever that you use, as soon as it runs into that, it'll make a binging noise or something. So I'm waiting know, for the a... fix that um, will instead of line breaks, we'll say line break, like scene break here. <laughs> well, I believe this she is a scene did break. that for Ryan's text reader. Mm -hmm. she but she put them in deliberately because mm -hmm. she knew he was going to use text reader on them. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, but anyhow, we have Draco, who's found the stone pillar, and it's very, very soft. It's not glowing like it was in the other manor house. And he's not sure if it's there, but it's kind of there, so maybe... And he decides he's going to try to wake it up, like how uh, his mum wakes him up in the other universe, where she kind of sits and talks to him and brings him to wake slowly. And that's kind of what he does. He introduces himself, and he, he starts talking to it. And after a little while, it starts to respond. Can I, can I just say, this is one of the last danger jokes that I will ever accept as being funny. But Draco is thinking and he goes, not that he'd believe it if I, if I spilled, so there's no real danger. Of course there's no danger. She's in the other world. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. That joke, that joke will, yeah. uh, will eventually get old. It's kind of like the serious joke. It's just not as widely used in, in fandom. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I was reading a story uh, last week or so in which Hermione earns the nickname Danger from some guy, and it just, it was weird. <laughs> that would be like... Nice. Yeah. Scott, I, I would like to read that story just to see what all that's about. Mm -hmm. I wonder if the author mm -hmm. has read Dangerous. I don't know. It's actually a... It turns into a Hermione Severus fic by the end, but oh, it's actually... I'm not reading that. <laughs> okay, maybe not so much then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's well done in the fact that you never actually see any of that, so you know you just know that they get together after the end of the story. It's I guess it's a pre Hermione Severus fic, but 
I oh. never understood that shit, really. I, I don't. Hey, I don't. neither have I. Yeah. It, it works in this one because she's like 24. He runs into her in the jungles of Peru years later. And yeah, it's a little odd, but kind of fun. This is the same one that somebody links in which they said Hermione was a tribal warrior because oh, okay. here she is oh, okay. battling through the jungles of Peru. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, yeah. so he's talking I have to this to... half awake giant. Well, I, I always I, I pictured Dory uh, speaking whale. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Maybe he only speaks whale. I don't know. This was where no. it really seemed fish to me, because everything's so drawn out. Because mm-hmm. it's it's hardly it hasn't spoken in centuries or whatever. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then Draco's response is, <laughs> "I'm an inbred, overbearing, cowardly loser who just happened to make a wish that got him things he doesn't deserve." And goes on the barely takes a breath and the things like, "No, no, no, what uh-huh. you? Yeah." Strong. And it's like... <laughs> Learning. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost a Yoda thing at this point. Always with you, cannot be done. Yeah. yeah. He's desperately trying to get the word in edgeways, and he's just rabbiting on giving it that. And it's like, shut up and listen, you silly little person. <laughs> <laughs> and then it says life, and immediately my mind goes to a Marvin the Paranoid Android sound clip. Thing you ought to know, I'm feeling very depressed. Go on. Oh well. <laughs> but that's not what it's doing. And it actually starts to talk a little bit more because I guess it's managed to work up to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he needs to, it, it needs, it's kind of like getting primed. And now that it's primed, it, it's talking again. And, and basically, it tells Draco that, you know, he's the only one that knows knows anything about it. So. Pretty much he can do whatever he wants, and it's going to teach him the magic of the house. And mm-hmm. it has one request. It wants to die. And Draco's like, uh, yeah, I don't his... understand. And, you know, basically it's you know, destroy the, the house when before you leave, before you go to the other yeah. world where you belong. Destroy the house and let me sleep. Because it's it's come out during his conversation that what he's trying to do is leave and go to this other world and the house points out to him that once Draco's left, the only one even close to its bloodline is Lucius and nobody wants him to uh, get any sort of power over the house. No. Right. So No no other but this and he would take and never give. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the house knows him well. (laughs) So Draco kind of receives almost an education through the house. It gives them all kinds of information and and shows him different things he can do and then says, <laughs> you know, you've begun well. Oh, yes. And now he experiments. Yes. Yeah. And he learns that sometimes you don't want to look. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he's wondering where Lucius is and he hones in on it. He and Narcissa are having some alone time. But then he decides that if he plans it just right, he can interrupt them and embarrass everybody. He kind of thinks that might be fun, because above everything else, he's still a boy. 
That's giggle worthy. So is this the first point at which he sees his animator's form? Mm-hmm. Yes, I yep. think so. Yes, the house gives it to he him was, as a gift. Because he was changed into so something as, the, at the Quidditch game, wasn't he? But was that the, was he a ferret again then? Um, I think it was probably this, but he didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't well. aware of it. He mm-hmm. just knew something had happened. I think we said that at the time we were covering that, I said I thought it was probably a ferret again, but uh, it looks like you were right, Cat. He's got a form that's somewhat ferret-shaped, but he's not a ferret. Yeah, and it takes him some considerable time to figure out what it is. It, I'm mm-hmm. assuming, because, and I've read, when I was reading this originally, I read enough to know what it is, but I don't remember. But I'm assuming that it's in the weasel family, and it's some sort of uh, weasel, ferret, I'm... badger type creature. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember exactly what the form is. But we'll figure that out soon. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I think, think I remember. Related. I'm not sure whether it is actually a mustelid, like the weasels and the badgers and so on. But they are closely related, I believe. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it's yeah. hilarious that Draco's animagus form is in the Weasley family. I'm just entertained because he hates Ron Weasley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I almost had it. I it's... read a fic a couple of days ago in which Ron is learning to be an animagus and is actually much better at it than either Harry or Hermione and is having a great time uh, in whatever oh, year you're supposed to be. And that sounds like a good This is great and he's finally got something he's good at and he makes the entire transformation while they're still working on, like, fingers or whatever, and it turns out he's a white ferret. (laughs) (laughs) like, oh no, anything for that. I'm kind of tired of of Ron coming in third for, like, every fic that you read, it's like, and Ron's dead lot, like, you know, something to be good at other than chess. It was just a Ron-focused one-shot, so uh, they were part of the class who was still working on changing things in general, and then Ron makes the whole transformation, and then once we find out what he is, the one shot ends. Because, you know, Draco's ruined it again, and he wasn't even there. So So. we have Draco, who is laying in Chapter 26. Uh, Be careful whom you show love. He's laying on the floor of his bedroom with his charms book open, and he looks like he's studying, but no, he's not really. He's watching a uh, meeting of the top Death Eaters there, kind of like he would be watching a muggle television. And he's very happy to know that he's the only one that can see this, and he knows that because Narcissa happened to walk in on him one day while he was watching something on the wall, and he was very freaked out that she was going to notice, and she never even looked at it. So that was good, because then no one can tell what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Apparently he just has to be a certain amount in contact with the wall or the floor of the house and he can look around and change things and do these various things with the house. And it's the day before school. Uh, We have Snape who's reporting that all is well and ready to go at the new school year and that he will be named as headmaster tomorrow. That Harry Potter is being watched but they don't really know where he is. Well, where they think he is is being watched but they don't really know where he is. And mm-hmm. it's been about a week since they thought they saw anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is really found out that Lucius, sorry, Lucius has now mad on Moody's wand. Right. Which I mm. can't remember yes. whether that's significant later. 
I don't know, it was, it was mentioned. That's so nice to bristle with, like, Fury. Even though it, it probably isn't canon, it's just like, like, what? <laughs> yep. I sort of skimmed through that scene in the book. Not... <laughs> <laughs> so, we have Phil, who is now uh, channeling Kayla, and is doing the bistro thing. He asked if he could put the kettle on, and I did not realize that it was going to be right there. So, uh, we'll just hang out for a minute while he gets I'm, the I'm sorry. I You're fine. I'll, I'll turn you down. You, you carry on. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> we might as well just get it over with, and, and, you know, then you'll have kettle-like things, and... It, it adds okay. to the ambiance. It's fine. Anne will get a kick out of this. <laughs> Most authors think we're nuts anyhow, so it's okay. Yes. If I stand over, I stand over here a bit, it's not quite the battery. I mean, now I'm still a cat staring at me. That's always fun, too. Yeah. Yeah. We find out that... um. I'm looking now for the name. Uh, well, I was going to say, I read through a little bit, not in great detail, but I didn't catch any reference to Lucius in the Seven Potters scene, so I suspect this is one of the things that's changed from canon. Mm -hmm. mm. I'm, I'm guessing this is this, the, the blonde, big blonde Jesse who was yelling when Greg had already been called out by my sister. Mm -hmm. That's Ralph, mm -hmm. the guy from the, from the cafe. Probably. Yep. So, okay. I was wondering whether he was getting castigated for uh, failing to capture Potter and his friends in Cafe. Probably, so, like, yeah. A, a sideways connection to Canon just to keep us Yeah. And... So they've noticed that Hermione has disappeared and they think she's probably with Potter, but so far they're buying the story that Ron has been spotted at home with Spattergroyd. Yes. So. Apparently he did a good job on the ghoul. <laughs> yeah. And Draco <laughs> has realized, uh, with a little help from the other side, that it was the Dark Lord that gave him the power, or opened the portal, or whatever we want to call it, to go from world to world. And so, when he dies, then wherever Draco is, that's where he's going to stay. And so now he's Harry Potter's biggest fan. Uh, he does. He wants the Dark Lord killed, but he wants to be on the other side when it happens. Right. Yeah. So take him out, but not too soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or oh, time, you have to time it right and like coordinate. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I had a question here. Um, Draco thumps the heels of his shoes together, thinking of the two films he watched with his friend on his last visit. There's no place like home, he chanted. There's no place like home. What's the other film? I don't know. Maybe it's uh, something I'm, else that isn't related to that. It, it could be The Wiz, which is uh, a take Ooh, on, on I've seen that. that. And, and yeah. it seems like there's a sequel to... It's, there was a, a sequel to The Wizard of Oz, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but that's much more recent than this, I believe. Yeah, and that could be. I just, it's been so long since I've seen it, I don't even remember much about it, but I just. There was a sequel to. Kind of remember the that there might have been a sequel to The Wizard of Oz, so. I'm confused. I, I remember Tin Man, but. Right, let me see. That wasn't a sequel. 
sequels and returns on the theme Wikipedia again. Um, stage show The Wiz premiered on Broadway, guess when? 1975. Wow, I was 10. Disney made a sequel, Return to Oz, in 1985. Mm. Um, I had never even heard of that. Uh, it, um, there was a one-hour animated Return to Oz in 1964, but that was in the so Draco probably wouldn't have seen that. Um, stage show in 95. Um, Greg Maguire published Wicked in 1995, which is what, a year or two before this, before the, what we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm but not sure there gonna... would have been a film by then. No, it has to, has to yeah. Unless the wizards did it. Yeah. <laughs> a wizard yeah. did it. <laughs> Or it could be the second film is something completely unrelated, like they watched The Wizard of Oz and another Monty Python show or something. <laughs> My mind was yeah. there too, Scott. <laughs> have, have, have we had the, that the, that lesson yet? I I really sorry, I can't remember you all the things go because I'm the first twenty one chapters. Has he had the first Muggle Studies lesson yet? No. Not yet. Uh, no. Because oh. that happens after the first one in this world as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, course, but I think yeah. that's in this series of chapters, it's in so we'll this, get it's there. It's in the set. This is yeah, it's great. Yep. <laughs> so Narcissa finds him laughing his head off up in his room, and he says, "I'm sorry, I can't explain this to you. It would take too long, and you wouldn't get it anyhow." And she's feeling, you know, kind of happy that he's kind of turning his life around and she sees what is happening in her home and with the Death Eaters and she's not happy with the whole thing either so she's very happy that's happening and he spontaneously hugs her and she doesn't know what to do but she can't stiffen because he'll take that as rejection so she kind of you know it's kind of like the awkward Voldy hug in the last movie <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just sure. I feel really sorry for Narcissa in, in this story. She, she's um, she is as much a victim as Draco, really. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, and I should I have mean... just read a few paragraphs more because after he thinks that um, a little bit a little bit ways after he thinks that. Um, he starts singing a song from Wicked. So yes, it must have been a version of that that they watched, as well as the original Wizard of Oz. Which is that? Oh, with an assist like me to be who you'll be instead of dreary, dreary who you were. Is that yeah, from Wicked? That's from Popular, in which yeah. Glinda sings to her her uh, roommate, the Wicked Witch. Okay. So, yeah. But right. the musical wasn't written until like, like. 2000 or or somewhere around there. So 2003. I, I think, yeah, 2003. Yeah. So I think Anne fudged a little bit with the uh, the wizard. Yeah, she's playing with the timelines apparently. Oh well. But except that Greg Greg McGuire published a book in '95, which gives a yeah. wizard time enough to do something with it, and then later allow release it to the Muggles in 2003. Yep. Yeah, that works. Why not? That does. <laughs> so we have uh, Draco getting on the train, and he's realizing that it's very quiet there, that only the Death Eaters families are making any noise. Everyone else is being silent. They're, they're kind of afraid. And 
he gets on and Lucius has a moment where he kind of pays attention to him and Draco's like, oh no, the sky's gonna fall, the sky's gonna fall. But that doesn't mm-hmm. really happen. And yeah. he's in a, a, a car. What do you call yeah, that? a car. Room. A car. And Luna's a kind car. of watching him. Carriage. And Carriage, we would actually call it, but I'm not yeah, going to That makes sense. I knew that I was wrong mm-hmm. with that. Um, and she's just kind of paying attention. And he, of course, snaps at her because he's in that mindset again. He's on the other side. I was saying he's been having to wear the camouflage uh, while he's been at Malfoy Manor. Mm-hmm. Which is why he's he's still in the mindset where he snaps at at uh, Luna, so he hasn't yep. had the chance to to switch back. Well, to yes, I I guess to switch back into the, because he's not used to treating this Luna like the other Luna, because mm-hmm. the other Luna is in the context of all the other all the other people around them with, with Ray, her her boyfriend, and the other Harry Ginny the other Romanini and here she is on her own it's just he's not it, it's like an actor going out on stage where's my motivation he's not he needs to get into the into the scene into he's, not his, he's not got his cue yet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do love and the he double he can't meaning. really afford to be nice to her either because he doesn't know who might notice and realize he's acting weird or whatever so Right. Yeah, I do love yeah. the double meaning of um, my side is winning. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we know what that means, but she doesn't necessarily. Well, nobody in, in this world does. Like, everyone's just like, oh, Draco's a mini Death Eater. Like, mm-hmm. nothing's changed. It's been like having that for we, seven we, years. This is Luna. We have no idea what she does and doesn't know. Mm-hmm. This is true. Yeah. But she's singing the song. She actually- yeah, because she actually knows more than Draco thinks she knows. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's getting it from the other side this time. And then he oh, gets this company. Is, this is the point. That he has actually he has visited the other side and she has talked to the other Luna? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Luna from the other side has taught our Luna some of the songs that she also taught Draco. Yeah. And kind of told her a few things about what he's doing. So, <laughs> yeah. And okay. he's. So we've switched chapters. We're on chapter 27. Okay. Be careful what you act like. And mm-hmm. he's. Uh, Settling his mask, basically. Mm-hmm. Which is good because now he has company. And Theodore Knott and Crab and Goyle have joined him along with Pansy and everybody else from his year, it sounds like. And he pretty much just ignores them and lets them work out their uh, pecking order on who's going to be in control and who's not. As He goes back to the book he's reading. Um, and, of course, there, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a conversation. Not wants to know how his summer was. And he answers uh, meaning one thing, but they don't understand his meaning. So that works out for him, too. Yeah. <laughs> he says there are worse things to be than a professor and meanwhile he's thinking I can't actually think of any worse things than that but I'm sure there are some <laughs> <laughs> well and it's also kind of it's interesting that he says it was a learning experience because on one side he's you know got you know Voldemort in his house 
And on the other side, Tom Riddle's teaching him things. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's just like, yep. they're both teaching me things in ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just one of them doesn't realize it. Yeah. Yep. One of them he doesn't mind learning from, while the other one he does. So, And we find that he's reading the Jungle Book. Okay, yeah, I'm done. I don't think that's the part he's reading, but maybe it works. Yeah, probably not. No, because they switched the Disney version. There was a, um, there's a very good version out there that's nothing like the Disney version. Really? And it's probably my, yeah, it's it's like a full-fledged movie that's pretty much directly from the book. Is that a live-action version? Yeah. Seen, I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, it's it's really pretty good. Might be worth hunting out. We're way on course. And in this, yeah. he realizes that he's had a mask on all along. He just didn't realize he had a mask on. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. he knows, and he's going to be playing his part to the hilt. Yeah. And also that now there's something under the mask. Interesting bit of self-realization. Now there's something under the mask which they didn't use to be. Yep. Yeah. And... We find out the sorting feast was a travesty. Yes, much worse than your sortings. Thank you. Yes, he doesn't get to <laughs> he doesn't get to sing. He doesn't get to really sort much at all. He just starts to list them off, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Yeah, and uh, he realizes that the Slytherins are the only house making noise, and everybody else is being really quiet and giving them hostile looks, but nobody notices except the teachers. Which I, I felt, and and I understand why Anne did this, but I felt kind of weird because does that mean that there are no Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw Death Eater kids? Why are why is it only Slytherin that has Death Eater kids? Mm-hmm. That seems kind of unrealistic. That's true. I mean, I I would understand it. It would probably be very rare for a Gryffindor to be a Death Eater's kid. But Hufflepuff is about loyalty, and there's certainly, lo- you know, loyalty values in Death Eater ranks, and mm-hmm. Ravenclaw is about intelligence, and Voldemort could certainly use intelligent Death Eaters, so it it doesn't mm-hmm. make a lot of sense to me that only Slytherin are making noise. Right. It's probably the Slytherins are the only ones who are um, open about it, because the ra- any Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff Death Eater children would be much more isolated. And so they're not advertising anything. A, I don't know. That's a decent explanation. It, it also kind of follows the way things work out in canon, even though I agree with you about your um, reasoning. It doesn't seem to be terribly um, followed through on. My my mother, who who hates the fact that I'm in fandom and hates the fact that I go on these long rants about, you know, analysis of the movie, after she saw the, the eighth movie, you know, she came home and I asked her, like, how was it, you know, because I had seen it at midnight, and she's like, I can't believe we gotta go set the Slytherins to the dungeons! I'm like, <laughs> I just laughed, like... <laughs> She actually has an opinion about that. And, and it's true. Why would you just send one house to the... There are good Slytherins and there are bad Slytherins. And mm-hmm. there are good Hufflepuffs and bad Hufflepuffs. And your house does not define if you are good or bad. No, it doesn't. But the movie doesn't know that. But in, no. in, uh, in, in times of war, it's very difficult to, to sort them out. I mean, it's like they in, in the, the world wars, they would intern foreign nationals, regardless mm-hmm. of whether they were good or bad. Because you couldn't tell whether one of them was a sleeper agent, 
you simply well, had to in, and well yes but mm-hmm. but by that lot you'd think that they had they'd have learned from peter pettigrew that death eaters come from various houses and mm-hmm. if not for a death eater in gryffindor james and lily potter would be alive sirius would have not gone to ask like peter did more damage than lucius malfoy did right yeah, but it's a matter of record that Wizarding World does not learn from experience. I mean, they sent Sirius to Azkaban for 12 years with no trial. The um, Barty Crouch Jr. was kissed on the spot with no no official interrogation, nothing. He's just like, oh, he was supposed to be in Azkaban, but it's all right. He's a mindless vegetable now, so we'll never find out how he did it. Mm-hmm. So the two two people on the, off the top of my head, the two people that we know got out of Azkaban, the Ministry has no clue how they did it. Right. But forget the Ministry. The Ministry's completely stupid. Like, I hate, like, there's, they're gonna be off on the sidelines being their idiotic selves. But McGonagall, of all people, who is supposed to be smart and wise. McGonagall, who was in school with Tom Riddle. Right. Wouldn't, she, wouldn't she, she has spent learn? Her in, she spent her entire life in being in, in a situation where the, the, Slytherin House was the, the focal point of the, the pure blood mania. I guess. Mm-hmm. So I, I find it kind of odd that they're the mo- they're the most likely to be tempted to yeah, uh, they are. go they are. turn Harry in or whatever. We'll say that. Mm-hmm. Turn Harry in. Harry's not there. Anyhow, so, we Draco go. Is... We make it through the sorting, and then Draco has to be the prefect and take the Slytherin first years off to where they're going. Oh yeah, and well, one of them turns out to be a mini Draco. Mini me. What an insufferable little. Wait a second, that used to be me. Yeah. Yep. I hope I didn't annoy the prefix as much as this kid's annoying me. Yeah. Oh, and the, yeah. the things he says about the other houses are just classic mm-hmm. and entirely ac- accurate, and you can take it both ways. It works exactly as, as just as well if you, you take it how they expect it as, as how we know he means it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this Don't kid get is... an argument with the Ravenclaws. They could hex you six ways from Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've forgotten more in one day than you'll learn in your entire lifetime. And mm-hmm. you know, I like I like said about Hufflepuff. Uh, yeah, take them out. Take them out on the first spell because if they get a whole, if they if they get any advantage, advantage, they'll never let go of that advantage. Right. And they'll come back even yeah. when you think they're gone. Don't you mess with those Hufflepuffs. We're mean. <laughs> There's a reason why our mascots are better. Yep, and people overlook that. Yeah. A lot. And have you been to Gryffindor? You get lucky. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. So this kid's like bouncing all over the place, and he's going to be the best at dueling, and he's going to be the best at everything, and Draco finally has had enough. And he whirls around, and he pulls a wand on the kid, and the kid like gulps. And, like, loses four or five shades in his face. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Draco said, why don't you wait until tomorrow when you go to class and then you can do your bragging through your skills instead of with your mouth because I'm tired of hearing it. <laughs> well, it reminds me of that. Uh, I watched a TV show yesterday that's uh, set in the, well, I guess it's the Old West. It's when Colorado was being colonized and all that. Um and they're applying, they've applied for a sheriff, and all these various people show up to be the sheriff. And one of them's uh, probably early 20s, and he's like, well, I've killed 14 people already, so, you know, nobody's going to mess with me. And 
the people who are part of the panel are like, okay, uh, let's say um, somebody steals some vegetables from the store. What are you going to do to them? Um, well, I guess I'd have to shoot them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what if they're causing a disturbance in the street? What do you do to this guy? Uh, well, I'd have to shoot him too. Uh, what if they stole one piece of candy from the general store? What would you do to that guy? Uh, well, I'd have to kill him. <laughs> hmm. I don't think we want you as our sheriff, thanks. So Draco heads off to bed because he really wants to go and relive this day all over again. Literally. Mm-hmm. Literally. He's hoping for a much better day the second time around. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he'll get it. Mm-hmm. And this time he's... Oh. Rudely awakened. Yes, he wakes up falling. Oops. And, uh, Somebody moved his bed. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. At one point it says something about him being shoved out of bed, but I, I really do think somebody just moved his bed and he ends up flat on the floor. It does seem a remarkable coincidence that, that up to this point, any time he's fallen asleep in a bed, there is magically a bed in exactly the same position in the other world. Mm-hmm. Because the plot says so. Yeah. Don't rearrange the furniture. But uh, <laughs> he says, you know, I know where you sleep to Ray. And Ray's like, I'm not afraid of you. And he you know, says a few more things. And Ray's like, hmm, maybe I should be afraid of you. So. <laughs> yeah. I guess um, it is possible because they were talking about in an earlier chapter about how he generally sleeps for a few hours after he makes the transition and then wakes up to the new day. So. Um, possibly he'd had the night's sleep and Ray just came along at six in the morning and uh, magic to him out of bed or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like the say. concept that his, his bed was moved, though, because uh, a little bit of a nod to the fact that there are beds in the exact same position every time he rolled just... Mm-hmm. So he has a shower, gets his robes, and uh, comes on in the middle of the conversation. Yeah, we're on chapter 28 now. Be careful who you show off to. Which also applies to that kid we were just talking to in the last chapter, but uh, I think applies to Draco in this one, too. Yep, of what he's about to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like this opening sequence with Professor Riddle. Me too. The idea of a Professor Riddle that is joining in the fun like that is just brilliant. Because he and Ray start off with a little conversation, which is verbatim the lyrics from one of the songs in Pirates of Penzance. Yeah, I, I don't know the, the, the songs, and knows them all backwards. It's, it's uh, really mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I've only just heard some of them. I still haven't listened through the entire thing, but I said that to the people on the last podcast, and uh, Kat and Selena were horrified, and so I was thereby linked to uh, mm-hmm. songs from Pirates of Penzance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I remember when I first read this, I knew it was from Penzance, but it's still Saturday early, even though it's like 4 p.m. here. <laughs> so they're doing some girl stealing. Who us? We're models of magic. We would never steal anything, particularly not the girl. No, no, that would be bad. It's very bad. Yeah. Girls have cooties. I'm thinking yeah. at, at this age, probably the cooties are wearing off. Probably. Probably so. Yeah. Uh, I like that uh, he gets called to the office, or gets called to, uh, are we that far? No. Not quite. Okay. No, no. they... Oh, wait. 
Professor they, Riddle they, just says, they, uh, I think I'll go over here. As long as I don't see anything, I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Ray goes after Luna, of course, and Draco swoops down on Abby, and they yep. shriek at them. We find out that uh, somebody has done a charm on themselves so that they can't talk. So, oh, we may not be able to do the play tonight, but hmm, you seem to know all your lines, and you seem to know all the words. Maybe you could step into this part. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Draco. Note to self, use a charm Hermione doesn't know. Is there such a thing? I'll find one. Who <laughs> says I'd come to you, Mrs. Weasley? <laughs> yep. Then shortly after this, I, I love and nod to every marriage law pick after that. That was defeated years ago. <laughs> Yeah, basically... They... It's the reverse of the marriage law that often comes about, in which yeah. the uh, Muggleborns are forced to marry purebloods. In this case, it's the purebloods are forced to marry Muggles. <laughs> so that everyone yep. will be magical. And they're like, I uh, don't think that makes any sense. But... Yeah. Well, it, it does make a certain twisted kind of sense, if you look at it from the right angle, which mm-hmm. is wrong. But yes, that's, that's why anyone even considers it. They don't consider the implications. Well, it makes sense if you remember that the wizarding world is a backwards place. They don't have this forward thinking that, you know, we have in the muggle world that marry who you love. I, I think it's generally could be accepted. But what we, don't, what we don't know is in the other world how separate the wizarding world is from the, from the muggle world because they, uh, have we discovered yet how, how they came out? The, no, but she'll uh, talk about it later. Oh, right. There isn't quite the separation, which is obviously how kind wizards could go and marry the muggles. So the chapter that they actually discuss what the trouble, what the troubles are, they go into why yeah. all this happens. Yes. But it's interesting that Abby mentions that people are thinking they should, there shouldn't be any more muggles because they think muggles are a drain on our society and shouldn't exist. And that that particular phrase is absolutely the same between the two worlds, but they have completely opposite ways of going about it. Right. In Draco's world, you either ignore the muggles or you kill them all. And in this other world, they think we should marry them so they all become wizards. <laughs> yep. that, would that even work? I mean, I, I know I'm not a scientist and I'm not up on a lot of this stuff, but in the wizarding world, we know that if two wizards are marrying and having children, that there is a possibility that there's going to be squibs. And at the same time, there are muggles that produce wizards and witches. The way I look at it is if, you know, and we're going to get complicated and scientific here, but if magic is a dominant gene and two people with fully pure blood dominant genes, two pairs each, have kids, they're all going to be magical. But if each parent has one dominant and one recessive gene, so a magical and a non-magical gene, then there's going to be three pure, three magical people, but there's going to be, you have a 25% chance of having a, a squip. Right. But just the fact that you're having witches and wizards marry muggles does not mean that we're going to all of a sudden all be witches and wizards. No, but again... They aren't thinking that through quite right. that far. Wizards and witches don't know genetics, so... All right, all right. Yeah. 
Sorry, I, I, I dropped out, so I, I missed some of that. Did, did we, did, was the, the question of the inbreeding mentioned? Various no. Fics, well, go, I various mean, fics go into this in, in, dif, in different directions. There's, um, there's this idea that the, a lot of the pure bloods are so inbred that they, they actually have uh, more squib. Because people observe that in, in canon, most of the pure blood children seem to be only. Or mm-hmm. I think well, well I, we know Daphne Greengrass had a younger sister who didn't appear until the epilogue and didn't even get a name. But almost all the pure blood children seem to be only children. And uh, I've read at least one thing where it suggested that what's happening is actually they're having loads of squibs which have been quietly got rid of on the side. I mean, the, the issue with that is that inbreeding opens up the probability for disease. Right. And. So if you, I, I'm sure, you know, the Wizards and Witches during this time viewed, you know, squib status as a disease. It, it you know, it, it disabled you. But it, it's, you know, as far as genetics go, I don't think that breeding lots of pure blood together over and over again really changes the chances to that absolute degree. I could be wrong. Because I guess if two families that have a dominant and a recessive gene continue to inbreed, they're going to have more squibs just based on probabilities. But the probability doesn't change based on inbreeding. Yeah, and it's hard to argue entirely because magic isn't necessarily quite as scientific as genetics. So. <laughs> Yeah, there's 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 me trying to solve a magic problem with a you know genetic solution. <laughs> I've read things where they 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 try and approach magic scientifically as well, and that's it can range from interesting to tedious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Depends on how well you manage to get it across. Well, I I come from a very sciencey family, so science yes. is my default. That's interesting. We're way on course. Anyhow, at the end of chapter 28, Draco is called to Professor Black's office. That's where he arrives at the beginning of 29. Mm-hmm. Where he needs to be careful what he's scheming for. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she's sort of going, I don't believe it's coincidence that you happen to know all the lines for this part, and the guy whose lines you know is the one that... Um, has suddenly come down with no voice. It's Jonathan, her son. Jonathan, yeah. yes, we know. And a time, time silencing charm, which is just the sort of thing you'd be playing for. Is it the, playing with the day before you go on stage? Yeah, yeah not absolutely. so much. I mean, would Fred and George? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't think they had to work very hard to convince Jonathan to do it, but it's not something he would have thought to do on his own. Mm-hmm. It probably wasn't his idea, but I mean, I I can kind of imagine that he's this like prankster, like, oh, that'd be fun to, you know, that'd be interesting to figure out how to do. And I can imagine Abby being persuasive. Oh yeah, yeah she just turned her big eyes on him, and that was all it took. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I like that she asks him the question, and he thinks he should lie, and then he says, no, wait, she knows theater. She'll be able to tell in a heartbeat whether or not I'm lying. So he tells the truth, and she's sort of taken aback, because she was expecting him to lie as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, then yeah. he, he, he admits out, it was basically so that he could get the role. Mm-hmm. And she says, 
if you weren't as good at it as you apparently are, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. You'd just be in detention. But um, since you seem to know what you're doing, you can have an audition, and if it works, you'll get the part. But you're still in trouble. (laughs) And if it doesn't work, you get a month of detention. And he's like, a month? And she says, well, I can make it too. And he starts to open his mouth to really argue with her, and then he realizes that she's playing him. Yep. So he kind of smiles and says, okay, two months it is. And takes her back once again. So he's he's doing fairly well here. Yep. It's interesting how he recognizes the look. It's, I quote, it was the same one Megan had worn as she watched Neville fumble through the Major General some of the earliest rehearsals. Megan and Neville, that's the, well, a well-known relationship to to us who've been reading the, the DV. So we, we know instantly what she means. And yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that you, your average reader would be able to guess. Right. Mm-hmm. And we have the boys heading down to get, he's told if he's got to be in costume and ready to, to do a full dress rehearsal in 15 minutes. And so off he goes. She shoes him out. Shoo, shoo. I just want to leap back for a little bit. Okay. One of the little side things that we learn in this conversation is that in this world, new students all have placement tests. To They sort of have a basic, intermediate, and advanced class of every, um, of every discipline. And most of the first years are in the basic class, but not all of them. And you move up as you get better rather than with your year. That reminds me of grade school. Yeah, where kind they kind of had uh, different groups that you would be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is not a, a system that is particularly familiar to uh, uh, someone who's been to an English school, a British school even. It tends to be quite rigidly year on year. Mm-hmm. Although we we do tend we do skip years if if we if we merited. I skipped a couple of years in in my progress through school. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it was actually a good idea in the end, this is debatable, but it, it, it kind of works. But yeah, this this system of having a, all the, the the various first and second years in together, with maybe a third year who needs a bit of revision, and then and the intermediate, and then that's it's not so common really. But it's an interesting idea. It's no longer common. Um, they while I was in middle school, they revamped everything, so it's much more stringent now. But when I was like in third, you know, second, third grade, I remember I could read so well since at that point I had started into chapter books and a lot of kids weren't in chapter books. So they put me in the really advanced group where there were like three other kids and we were all reading these books that other books had never heard of before. And yeah, it's, they completely changed it. And I'm kind of sorry that they did because it was really useful to be at your speed. Yeah, now you just get in trouble because you're bored. Yeah, oh, I got yeah. in such trouble. <laughs> so we we head back and uh, they're all on their way down to rehearsals and Ginny calls to Neville and says that they're done. And he gets this parchment from her and starts reading and kind of laughing and yeah, she'll love that and oh, oi and you know, different things and we come to find out that they always add a verse or something as a surprise to these, and Neville happens to be the one that's getting the surprise this time. Mm-hmm. And so Ray gets to read it because they'll laugh if not, so Ray and Drake will get to read it. 
And Drago understands most of it, but there's an inside joke or two that he doesn't quite get. That's kind of And fun. we, of course, don't get to hear what it is until a couple chapters on, but mm-hmm. we'll see. It's fun. Yeah. Not a couple chapters, like, it's Next. down the page. Next. Later in this one? Later yeah, in this so chapter. Yep, <laughs> so it is. So. I love that song. And they've told Draco that they'll cover for him if he's off on his timing or off on his steps so that he doesn't get his detention, which is helpful for him because he's still a little nervous about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. What I love is, is the way that Annie introduces theatre culture in, into this. It's like she, she very subtly sneaks in the side, teaching us, telling us about how these, these things work. And you can tell that this is a thing that she does herself. It's always interesting to look in at some of these things that you haven't done yourself, but interesting stuff. Some of it I do recognize from a few productions that I've been in, but most of them haven't been formal enough to have things like the five-minute call and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been in dance recitals that were like this. And then we jump to Cecilia, who's hurrying through because she has not seen Draco. Every time Draco's been able to come back in form, or as himself, or however you want to say it, She's been at St. Mungo's doing something, and so she hasn't actually got to touch him or hold him or anything, and she can't wait. So she mm-hmm. goes through Will Call, which I love, and uh, <laughs> heads up to get her seats, and Remus <clears throat> is not He's very mean nice. to her. Yep. Yes. He says sorry. Uh, Draco couldn't stay and watch the show. He sent his love, though. <laughs> yep. And I love the next bit, which any any DV reader will recognise. She noticed Danger's eyes flash blue, mm-hmm. and we know exactly what that means. Yep. yep. He's they're in each other's minds, and, and she's like, "That was cruel." And he said, "You know, all I said was the truth." And Draco wanted this to be a surprise, and she's you know starting to go off, and then she thinks, "Well, it's not really my my business. If she'll forgive you and Draco, then I guess I shouldn't say anything." I understand why Anne included this because it's a very nice tie-in to DV and there are other reasons, but I think it would have put the the story that much better, like higher up on my list of really good fix, if she hadn't included this part of the Remus danger relationship. It would have made it a little bit easier for new readers to access, probably. Right, yeah. But also, not everybody likes the thought-sharing stuff. But it's part of Anne, and it's what Anne does. It is, yeah. So it's it's okay. And it it does get explained in quite some detail later on in the Dangerous series. Well, I it is by no means as simple as as people seem to think about it. Which, given how other things have treated it, is is fair enough. But Anne does have a not rational necessarily because this is magic, but a a reasonable explanation for it. And there are checks and balances, and, and there's a load of negative joke to go with the positive. All I'm mm-hmm. saying is that it would, be, it would have been interesting to see her write a story, and I mean, I, I, I am a lifelong fan of Anne Walsh, I'm sure I'll see fix like this, where she doesn't have the thought speech to fall back on, because it does give a lot to explanation and inside jokes to have something like thought sharing. Yeah, I can see what you mean. But it does come up as a useful thing later in this fic as well. So It does, yeah. So, I, I can, as I said, I can understand why she did it. I just 
I would have liked to see what she would have done if they didn't have that power. So we switch back to the stage in which Abby is letting Draco know Cecilia's made it, and Hermione is insisting he shouldn't be nervous, and he really wants to not screw this up. Right. Yep. And so they sort of start to argue, and Ray says, don't even bother. You won't win it. <laughs> don't even try. You don't win an argument with Hermione. Nope. Yes. <laughs> and uh, the lights go down, and it starts, and all of a sudden, Cece realizes that Draco's on stage. Yep. And she turns and looks at Remus, and Remus is kind of smirking inwardly, and then all of a sudden he says, hmm, maybe I should be afraid. Very, very afraid. <laughs> I would have I loved somebody else's perspective on this, because they say that Draco and Ray look, you know, very similar, so it would be curious to be like, did Ray replicate himself over the summer? Not that similar, though, because uh, Ray has the curly brown hair and blue eyes, whereas this is true. Draco's is straight blonde, blonde. and gray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, facially, they're similar. Yeah. 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 So we... Uh wind our way through the play until we get to Neville's Major General's song and uh, he's been kind of you know, Draco's paying attention to it and he's thinking to himself, this seems to be faster each time they go through a verse and so he starts tapping it out with his fingers and it really is getting faster. It's tradition with yeah. the Major General's song that it, they speed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That is a thing they actually do. But yeah. he apparently didn't know that. So, <laughs> and... Or at least they stuck it into the lyrics anyway. Yeah. Yep. So then, uh, do we want to read this? Can I? Go for it. <laughs> I know my magic history. I'm gifted in herbology, the sort of thing a muggle would most likely call biology. I understand transfiguration theory, making bread of mess, though when I try, I drive insane the Gryffindor's their head of house. At which point, McGonagall laughs, mm-hmm. and Neville bows. Yes. In charms, I can't excel by bending all the rules of time and space, and potions, I'm a huge disaster looking for a happening place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> A uh, riddle, I'll read this fairly soon. A dagger, I'll cut this long. And hex a crazy orchestra who keeps on speeding up the song. Yep. <laughs> Which and then, with that. for our audience's patience, but their patience is now gone with it. And they are likely thinking that it's time that we get on with it! But still, a matter's vegetable, animal, and mineral, I am the very model of a modern major general. Yay! <laughs> The Major General song is one of the most parodied songs ever, and it's one of my favorites. Because it's so easy to make funny jokes. Right. The rhythm is just really good, and you can fit all sorts of things in there if you try enough. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen ones where people really haven't paid attention, and it doesn't quite work. But um, it can be done a lot of interesting ways. And Draco doesn't get the Monty Python. Why is it he can type to me? But he he's is online. not he's on, on my Skype. He's on my Skype. He's weird. not on my Skype. <laughs> I can't call him. I can't find him. Houston, we have a problem. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he's online for me. I don't even know what to do to, to try to get him on. See, now he's gone completely off again. He's going to try shutting down and restarting. Oh, there we go. Okay. He just came back on for me. Did he come on for you? No. Nope. Huh. Could try um, hanging up on all of us and restart Skype or something oh, like that. Is. Oh, what do you mean, failed user not online? Give it back. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we can't do it. I've been talking to the ship's computer. And it hates me. There he is. Yay! 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 
Oh, that's better. Hi. Wonder what has happened there. I don't know because that they're telling me that been... they had you online and I didn't have you, so I couldn't call because I didn't have you online at all. Very well, strange. Uh, how many times has I've dropped out so far? Uh, we've I lost count. count. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> About okay. four or so. I don't know. Scott's done it a lot too. No, no <laughs> Scott, go closer to ten. Okay, fine. <laughs> I've just been better at getting him back most of the time, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah. Usually, I can get him in pretty seamlessly, and we don't even have to make a mm. note that he's gone. But yeah. that one was not working for me. <laughs> I missed the song. You did. I'll cut yeah. out a piece and send it to you later. Yeah, I, I, I got up to the. He's hexing the, the orchestra, and then he just dropped out, and yeah. yeah. There's not that much. Uh, there's no. just some Monty Python reference in there, and. That's it. Yes, I'd forgotten that the, that that was a Monty Python reference because I I did see that film, but years and years and years ago. Such a so, when I originally read this, I didn't know it either, but it's come up in some other things. I think of Anne's as well, or something else. Anyway, I've been linked to it for some reason, and I figured it out. Oh, the uh, Monty Python references and and be careful are there are a lot of them there, and they are they pepper the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Draco finally gets to have his part of the play. Mm-hmm. Yep. Explaining in two words that are actually uh, six, six, but you know. And he decides that he is in love with that girl. Yes. Yep. Because he gets to be the center of attention legitimately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and for a good reason. Yeah. Not he's not being selfish. He's you know supposed to be up there. And it's all positive attention. Yep. yep. And then we have him meeting up with mom afterwards, and hugging him, and oh, it was so cool, and yeah. And he's saying it was fun, and I'm ready to do it again. Yep. He doesn't think he'll ever have any problem casting a patroness after this. No, not at all. Nope. So why would he go and say that? Yeah. It's, really. an, it's, an <laughs> Anne, it's an Anne Walsh story. You never say anything like that. What could possibly be wrong? (laughs) He's back in his own time. And he's... Wait, wait, wait. wait. Before... I I mean, I I know we're doing this in segments, and I I know we're not, you know, spoiling people, but I I remember this coming out, and it just kept going and going and getting more and more complicated. And Phil, you remember, like, I was just sitting there going, it can't get more complicated than this. You mean, be careful. Yes, can. The, the entire the, thing. The the other, was it eight, it's the 81 chapters now left to go? Because mm-hmm. yes. we're up to chapter 30 and it's 111 altogether. All right. It's a nice right. round number. Oh, yeah. And she had this little side thing going on called Ways in Which Be Careful Will Not End. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, some of those... Uh, you. So some of those were good enough to be fixed in themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> some of them. Oh yeah. I, I think Anne needed a break from Dangerverse, so she wrote these two stories, and each one kept getting more and more complex. And I'm just like, how are you keeping them straight? Yeah, because there's very a follow-on that apparently. Because there's a follow-on to Witch of the Westland as well. Oh yeah. Remember that? And and oh, and, oh talk about messing with your head. Oh yeah, that, that was just like, okay, what did she just do? I think my brain imploded. On behalf of everyone, I'd just like to say my hand. 
and then you read, you read the next bit, and somebody else, someone in the story brain implodes. It's just yes, but yeah. at any one time, she has a load on on the go. So back yeah. to the story, since Sorry. it is you know late Slamming. for you and late and to other things to do. Um, Draco's back in canon verse, um, and he's humming. Uh, Here's a first rate opportunity to Slughorn, he and apparently, well. The way I took it is that his head of house recognized it. Mm-hmm. And was like, how does, you know, a pure blood Death Eater's kid know, you know, here's a first rate opportunity? Mm-hmm. Well, we know Snape recognizes it. Yes. Because he mentions it later. Yes. So it's not unlikely that. <laughs> I should point out, Kat, as far as um, spoilers go, this podcast is going up to the mid 40s. Even though we're only recording to thirty-three oh, or so. Okay, time. okay. So, I was like, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we're gonna double it, which is already two and a half hours long. It's gonna be a six-hour podcast. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, our fans will be happy. Yeah, they've been wanting longer podcasts. <laughs> okay, so are we doing the second half tonight, or is it gonna be no, next week? Be next week. Some other time, yes. People so. switch in and out of these things just because it's so long. And- yeah. So he's learning that the Caros are teaching dark arts and um, muggle, muggle studies, studies. Mm-hmm. and yes. they're not pending anymore. No, they're not. <laughs> Mandatory it, muggle studies. It's not good, happy muggle studies. It's the scary, nasty muggle studies. Yep. Yep. We get to witness that first. Uh, yeah. And so Neville. Yay, attempts- Neville! <laughs> yeah. Yay, Neville! <laughs> and basically just managed to get himself into trouble but yeah but he continues just to stick up and you know he yeah he mouths off and then mouths off some more which yeah that's always fun mm-hmm. well I, I, I just, he I, says to her that she must be at least half muggle and she gives him a cut and then he's like oh I'm sorry is it three quarters <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Draco has to dodge the blood splatters but mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I love that Neville gets his moment because Cannon skipped over it, and like they, they, we saw him at the end of of, of all this. But you know, him stepping up, I, I you always get a squee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as I, I've said in the past, he, uh, he steps up. You know, even from the yeah. very first book, he steps up where he tries oh, to yeah. stop him no. going out. So but, it's there. It's just. You know, settle, and it's always well, fun. I to think see. Harry's bravery always overshadowed it, and, yeah. and and now that Harry, Ron, and Hermione, the quote-unquote loudmouths of Gryffindor, not to say that loudmouths is bad, just that the boisterous ones are always the ones that are heard. Once they're gone, Neville's the one that steps up because he's he's the loudest of the seventh years, mm-hmm. and he's going to be the leader. Right. To, to be fair, it's not that Harry wants to be noticed. No, no. it's just no. that you know. He does things that get noticed. Yes. He does have a little bit of a... Well, it's not really a hero complex in the way that Hermione thinks it is, but he's the one who tracks down these mysteries and figures stuff out, and if nothing else is happening, he figures he has to deal with it. Yep. And then that's kind of what's happening with Neville as well. His bravery takes provocation. Like, mm-hmm. in the first book, he comes to talk to them and gets in detention for it and therefore 
he doesn't want to lose any more points, and so he stands up to the trio to stop them from getting in trouble again. Right. Uh, and in this case, there's no one there who's really taking charge, and so he steps up to do it. And right. Yep. Basically, as you said, it's just Neville needs a little bit of prodding, and then he'll go for it. Right. Okay. So, um, basically, uh, we have Draco going back to bed so he can wake up back in the other universe again. And... The happy After muggle the studies. longest day ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. He's got a then... break, and he's kind of, uh, his mom shows up during, during the History of Magic exam, which he hadn't been doing very well anyway, so he kind of randomly gives answers and runs out to be with her. Mm-hmm. And she... Is this where she gives him a present? His present? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. These are the placement tests that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's, he's yeah. busy taking. And so, so she gives him uh, a necklace with jewels embedded in the medallion. And basically, if he does the spell that she teaches him, these jewels will show him his animagus form. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so he's really excited about that, even though the house has actually shown him it, too. He's not sure. And she goes on to explain that Professor McGonagall will teach him how to do it once he's got it all figured out. So. Yeah. And for those of you who are interested in the parallels with Anne's main Dangerverse stories, this, by description, is very much like a single-piece version of the pack pendants mm-hmm. that they all have. Right. Except it's used for slightly different things. It's it's simply an a tracker and an animagus institu- inducing amulet. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yep. And then we have... Um, he has a fun time at lunch yes. and then realizes they're going to comparative cultures and as he's sort of thinking that over he realizes this is this world's version of medical studies. Mm-hmm. There he is again. Yep. Back in uh-huh. but this one's a little bit more fun. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. In which they're watching a film by a group of wizards and muggles, including a long, uh, many generations descendant of Sir Nicholas. Mm. <laughs> so this is where John Cleese is his own descendant. Yes, yeah. which is always fun. And uh, we have a reference to Mike, or at least my Mike, the Venomous Tentaculus which always makes me happy. Uh, apparently, uh, Mike bit Justin Finch-Fletchley on the arse once upon a time, so that was fun, too. <laughs> yeah. So, off we 31. Go the 31, which is, be careful what you create. Mm-hmm. Whichever Monty Python film they were watching isn't one that I've seen, but uh, it's always fun anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have an author's note. At the end of the fanfiction.net version identifies the film, in case you hadn't wondered. As? The Holy Grail. Okay. Yeah. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, no, it does. I didn't I'm remember getting does them getting suggest... arrested at the end, but I guess maybe they did. No, they get, ar- they get arrested yeah. at the end. Yeah, they're, they're all piling into the... the they, they arrive at the... <laughs> and there he goes again. <laughs> So yes, it is the one that I've seen then. Yeah. I just missed okay. that particular bit. That bit. Now that I think of it, I think I do remember that. So we can just take out that bit, I guess. I don't know. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Draco has joined his, I guess, other half, Ray. 
and Abby is trying to do what little sisters do and follow them, and Ray kicks her out. Yeah. Yes. But Draco asks if she can stay if she's being quiet. And Luna takes her off to the side and says, you know, we'll just talk over here quietly and nobody will know what's going on. Yep. Because they want to spy on Voldemort in the other realm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. This tying in with Draco's uh, rendition of Voldemort and some fire crabs, mm-hmm. which everyone yep. got a big kick out of, I'm sure, because he looks at least some, to some degree, like Tom Riddle. So and, but, uh, <laughs> Hermione has her little bit of techno babble, which is always fun. We require a f- focus point with more bilateral bilateral congruence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And they're wondering why she didn't just use the English, and, and it's just like, you need to learn the proper terminology. Why do we bother, Ronted Grinning? We can just ask you. I won't always be around, Ronald. I thought that that's what these were for. Ron tapped the gold ring on his left hand. Or do you want a divorce already? So they they basically have a TV screen as well, and they're, I believe they have to, he has to hold on to it to see. Is that right? Well, anyone has to put their hand right. on the little handprint spot, mm-hmm. and that's how you use the controls. Like, different fingers are different fast-forward or yes. rewind or I whatever. Remember that. No? It triggers off whoever's got their hand on the controls, mm-hmm. if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. And I do love that Draco has now learned something about Harry that Harry doesn't know because of this world's Harry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got the fire control thing. Yep. Yes, don't surprise Lissa in the shower. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. No. Yeah, I love every boy in the room winced in sympathy. <laughs> I, winced. I winced reading it. Yes, well. So it's, they've created this, like, bowl with a handprint thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can work. It works. It's a trans-dimensional mirror. Yep. Yeah. Which they decide to call the TVP. Of yeah. One little thing, little thing that, that that caught me is that Draco looks in, his own face looked back to him with a thoughtful expression that surprised him. Hmm. Funny how little I look like Lucius when I do that. Yeah. Thoughtful, Lucius? What? <laughs> <laughs> they get to see Harry with the scar, which they've not seen before. Right. Because their Harry doesn't have one. Yeah. And they have little runes on the fingers, so it, they don't actually have play and rewind and fast forward, but if you combine them properly, that's how they work. Right. Would you bet the the runes look something like the controls on the VCR? Probably. Probably. (laughs) So, we find out that it's that they're talking about a horcrux as we move to the next chapter. And uh, they're thinking that it was something out of a scary story, but not so much in his world. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of sad, because the AU characters are all like, oh, you know, interesting story. Rather scary, but interesting. Mm-hmm. And Draco's like, yeah, that's my life. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So he finds out about the Horcruxes, which he does not know in canon, and that there are six, and that Potter has killed one. Mm-hmm. And he says, hmm, no wonder the Dark Lord was so hacked off at Lucius. <laughs> 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 And, you uh, put it where? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We It's never worked out really in in canon whether Lucius had the the clue as to what that diary was about. And yeah, I don't think he did. What 
Why he probably did didn't. He... The way I look at it is Arthur Weasley was getting doing the raids, and mm-hmm. yeah. the diary was clearly, at the very least, a dark object. So wouldn't it be hilarious if Arthur Weasley had possession of a dark object? Right. Or at least his daughter. Yes. That would be scandalous. Scandalous! Which would humiliate Arthur Weasley and therefore, you know, getting which is what he wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, in in truth, it was a horcrux. And, of course, Harry defeats it and it kind of backfires on him. We uh, have them kind of watching a muggle studies class, it looks like. And uh, I don't know who the girl is. I haven't been able to figure this out. But uh, Electo is saying that... It was Jenny. That Harry's a, a thief and a liar, and she's arguing hotly about against that. Yeah, they're in the Great Hall, so it must be at uh, mealtime or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, no, this is this is Ginny who's... Because I keep adding Phil and not right. knowing where I'm at. So, so Ginny is defending Harry because mm-hmm. they're in love. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, he's saying he's not a coward and he's never told a lie in his life. And Snape you know, couldn't be innocent if he tried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Harry says he killed Dumbledore. I believe it. Yep. And uh, there, he's seeing Ginny in a different light now, kind of, and mm-hmm. knows that he's going to have to do something. This is a little foreshadowing, I think, but to to help. But he's got to do it mm-hmm. in a really subtle way so. mm-hmm. because Electo has told her to report to the d- dark arts class after lunch which turns out to be the seventh year's class. Right. And so he has to work out how they can give her her punishment that she's, they're going to be forced to give out mm-hmm. uh, without um, driving her insane, basically. Right. So he has a thought about what he might be able to do. Mm-hmm. He does. And then we shift to Ginny herself, who runs into Blaise Zabini, mm. who is not a nice guy in this fic. No. No. Well, this place, I mean, isn't going to go in this way. Yeah. And he's uh, basically propositioning her. Mm-hmm. And she, of course, says, go to hell. Yes. He is offering his uh, protection if she'll go with him. Mm-hmm. But, no. Yeah. And then we have Draco. Christ, Zabini, I knew you were desperate, but this is low for even you. And here mm-hmm. comes Draco to save the day. I mean, honestly, scrounging Potter's leavings, she can't be good for much. Or he'd have taken her with him instead of Granger Metalpon. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Switches. And of course, I mean, this is such a, like, a Gryffindor thing. Like, just hearing what's on the surface versus the subtext of something. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very much believable that this would happen in right. a situation p- between a good Slytherin and a good Gryffindor. Yeah. Well... Particularly, Ginny's had a lot of experience with Draco Malfoy as he has been, so right. she's not expecting anything from him. Right. right. Yeah, and he's not exactly being complimentary about her. No. On the surface. Well, on the surface, as I said. Yes, but he does manage to point out that Ron is alive. You know, you you got to look at this one phrase in two different ways. It's not safe for little girls to go wandering around on their own anymore. So it sounds like a threat, but at the same time, it's a warning. Right. Uh, yeah. And then he says to trust him. And she's yeah. like, aren't you Draco Bloody Malfoy? <laughs> you know, <laughs> why would I trust you? Yeah. And, gee, I guess you don't want to hear what I heard about Potter last night. 
guess what? He's alive, and he found a certain thing he was looking for without losing everything. Which is very good, you know? And the Beauvoir world Ginny is the next day watching canon Ginny after this conversation and just mm-hmm. having a ball because she looks like she's been hit by a board because obviously she doesn't know what to do with Draco. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, somebody helps you out and then says, trust me, but, you know, your very instinct says not to trust them. What right. do you do with that? Mm-hmm. And then we have a knock on the door and Tom has arrived. And now it's his the- turn to go exploring. Mm-hmm. Because he's had a certain thought that I'm not sure they realized. Mm-hmm. So first, the picture becomes Lord Voldemort, and they're all quite taken aback because they've never seen what this guy looks like. Mm-hmm. Right. They're expecting him to just be their Tom Riddle. They haven't really internalized how much Voldemort has gone through. Right. How much? How much he looks scary as shit. Uh huh. And Riddle does a certain thing with his fingers to flick away from Voldemort, and instead it focuses on all the other bits of his soul that happen to be in that world, a.k.a. the Horcruxes. Mm -hmm. So now they know what they all are, which is very handy. Yeah. And I I like that they're kind of muttering to themselves because he works the thing better than they do, but they invented it, so... Right. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Yeah. How powerful mm-hmm. he actually is. Yeah. I like, and, I like the way he compliments them there. He, he says, you created it to be easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you you made it well, and yeah, so I can use it well. Mm-hmm. They figure out that the uh, the room of hidden things comes into for- focus at Hogwarts, and we see the diadem, although they don't quite know what that is yet. Mm-hmm. And Megan knows. Luna and Hermione knows. Luna and, Megan and Luna knows. Hermione. Yeah, because yeah, they are the Ravenclaws. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, they've heard. Well, the I think Hermione. I, I think Hermione would know regardless of her house status. Probably. <laughs> Probably. But, yeah. Did she know in canon when she saw it? I don't know when... that she saw it right away. I don't think she saw it at all. Yeah, I don't think she saw it at all either. But it's you know there there's the whole difference of movie versus. Uh, Book Hermione. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, was it um, when they visited um, Luna's house? Wasn't there this this Xenophilus uh, was was trying to make one? Or something yes. Bizarre? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They so. sort of had a version of it there, but yeah, and I don't think she recognised it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we have um, Draco kind of planning. Okay, I can tell Potter where this is. Oh, wait, he's not going to take anonymous owl from anybody. How am I going to do this so that he understands what's there? Mm-hmm. And yeah. they kind of have to figure it out. Yes. And he so says, we... we're not finished. We barely even started, which applies really well to the fic as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. But we, ha- but we have started. <laughs> it's in. true. It's worth something. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we switch to Do you think we'll get through the next one quickly? I can't. Yeah, it's, I mean, okay. it shouldn't be too hard. Might as what well. Think? All right, let's just yeah, go well, fast so that okay. I can get out there. And Phil can go to bed. And Phil can go to bed. Draco is uh, brewing a potion, mm-hmm. and he, we, all we know is that it's thicker than honey, it's green, and Snape taught it to them in their fifth year. 
and Neville messed it up. Of course yep. he did. Of course he did. <laughs> Draco's worked out an interesting way of using it. What he does is spread it across a marble slab that he has and freeze it mm-hmm. so that it will cool off really quickly and solidify. And then he breaks it into a bunch of sharp pieces. Right. Yep. And then Snape walks in and catches him. And he has to quickly make up a little bit about having an independent project mm-hmm. that he's hoping to apply for extra credit. Because he right. couldn't just say it's part of his homework because Snape can just ask Slughorn. Mm-hmm. Hey, if he stayed, he probably would get extra credit for all this. <laughs> yes, probably. And, and he refuses to tell Snape what it is, but after he leaves, Snape does manage to work it out. Because, yeah. you know, yep. he's the potions master. <laughs> he knows these things. He was the potions master. But he's, yeah, he, he, he knows. And he is kind of curious what Draco was planning to use that for. Yeah, yep. he'll be, you know, Draco's told him it's nothing illegal or poisonous. It's just for personal use. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> oh, man. Not that kind of personal. <laughs> then we jump to Ginny, who's walking down the hall again. Oh, um, we did, hang just just a second, because we're may, talking about, Snape is talking about using one of his special potions and, and the dreams. <laughs> we, did we uh, discuss this? It is here. She, yeah, and then there's, there's a break. Severus, when Draco's gone, Severus investigates. He gets the potion dust yes. and tastes it mm-hmm. and identifies it. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, and then he says he, he's... This is the first <laughs> inkling we have that he's having dreams about Cecilia. It doesn't actually even say that. It just says the woman who's a commingling of the only two women in whom he ever felt any sort of interest. Oh, it's, it's in the next set. It's we we might as well spoil them. It's Cecilia. They're dreaming about the same world. Oh, yeah, sorry, was that a spoiler? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, we don't name her yet, but they pro- I I believe they name her within the next twenty chapters, so it's not that much of a yeah, spoiler. It's alright. Yeah, it's, right, this yeah. is just the first inkling we get of that to start. Although we've had a little bit from her side mm-hmm. beforehand. So. Right. So yeah, I, I uh, can't remember whereabouts in in Be Careful. It, it's mentioned but um in the danger verse lily's lily potter's middle name is cecilia i mm-hmm. think i think he mentions that at some point but yeah so, one of the later times when he's trying to convince himself it's all a dream he figures mm-hmm. yeah that's where he got the name from but, so we well. have Ginny wandering down the corridor and something slams into her and she has a sharp pain in her neck and in her shoulder and she crashes into a wall, and of course we have Malfoy sneering at her. Why don't you watch where I'm going? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and then he offers to put uh, eyes on the back of her head so she can see him and make her slug-like. And do you think Potter would like that? Mm-hmm. She uh, answers him with a gesture learned from Charlie, so I'm sure it was very not it. <laughs> I'm sure. Mm-hmm. We can do that later. See you in class. Yeah. And off he hurries, and she realizes that she's. Uh, oh, she finds a note in her in her arm or her sleeve that says, "How loud can you scream?" Which is and, the creepiest thing that you could ever tell someone or right. pass someone. And she's just ticked off. <laughs> and of course, there's mm-hmm. Neville coming up behind her, and uh, she's also bleeding. And he's not. She's not sure how she's bleeding because she didn't hit that hard. But whatever. Yeah. And, 
course, Neville doesn't look very pretty either. He's got black eyes and deep cuts and all that stuff on him. Yeah. yeah. And she just says, don't get any trouble on her account, which mm-hmm. he doesn't really respond to. Right. He says, yeah, some things are worth it. And they head into class and... Basically, Ginny is a target for the Cruciatus, and she's been Mm -hmm. screaming bloody murder, and some of them have stepped up to do it, and some of them have stepped up and not done it, depending on who's... And Neville's really worried about her, Mm because she must have it even worse than he has. Mm -hmm. But then she comes up to him afterwards and says, this is really weird, it's going to sound insane, but I think Malfoy helped me somehow. Right. Because mm-hmm. I didn't feel any of that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, you're right. It does sound insane. Mm-hmm. But just but in they, passing, we, so who was it earlier on saying it's only the Slytherins who are being, being bad? You know, what, there were I, one or two. No, I was saying that it, it's odd that, you know, the Slytherins would, would be the only house with, with uh, children of Death Eaters in them. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. it said earlier they were the ones making noise during the sorting. And it doesn't necessarily mean that these people that tortured her were, are mini Death Eaters. They just have, may not have been able to stand up to having their curse put upon them. Right. So, right. I mean, just because they're doing it doesn't mean that they're embracing the dark arts. It just means mm-hmm. that they're, it could just mean that they're afraid. And that, doesn't even mean they succeed. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, we have, uh, yeah. And they ask her, she shows them the note, you know, how loud can you scream? And they ask her, you know, do you know, do you recognize the writing? And she says, yes, but I don't think it's going to help. And they said, why not? And she said, it's my writing. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> so, and uh, Neville kind of waits until nobody's really paying attention and catches the eyes of the DA members in the, the group and holds up his coin and lets them know that the DA's back and there will be a meeting. So yeah. as much as I like Malfoy's triumphant smile and I'm, uh, I really wish that Anne would had ended with the DA lives. We'll meet tomorrow night and just ended it there. <laughs> well, it's, it's a good such, spot for it's such a, break a powerful, regardless, but... it's a powerful statement though. It's just, I mean, the DA lives, yeah. like, and and we're not we're not gonna care if Harry's not there or not. We're you know we're fighting this, and you know we're not gonna go down without a fight. Right. Yeah. And yeah. But part of the point is case, that, that part of the point of it is that Draco has changed, and what he he is wanting the DA to reform. So to well, to he he pretty much well he he did kind of you know because he he's you know traveling to worlds and he knows what's going on. He did kind of move the chess pieces, so to say, to make sure that the DA would reform. Mm-hmm. So it, it yeah. you kind of like... It's his plan coming together. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of like when, you know, he, he's captured a queen, and it's just like, yes! Yeah. yeah. Am I the only one who remembers the A-team? No. I no, remember I love, I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> yes, I will have to go find that. Thank you. <laughs> so, who in Harry Potter... Is B.A. Baracus. Uh, Hagrid? (laughs) (laughs) Is he the explosive expert? Because then it might be Seamus. Um, no. B.A. Baracus is Mr. T. He's the very big... Oh, okay, yeah. 
he, he's the 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 black. He was a, was he a power wrestler or something, and but he welds things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could be Hagrid. Could be um, I don't know Kingsley. Mm-hmm. That's true. So oops, and there goes Phil. Um, I, shall we just shut it down? Yeah. I, well, I anyway, so, that does seem like a good place to, to take a little break. And if you feel like taking a break, you can do that. Pause and come back. Or if you're using iTunes, you can, of course, stop and come back at any time, and it'll keep your place for you. If you don't feel like taking a break, we'll be back in a moment with another set of chapters. I suspect we'll be shuffling around a bit, a little bit about who's here, but we'll let you know. Due to technical difficulties and Phil not being able to stay on the line, the part of Phil is now being played by Mooney. But that's okay because we love Mooney. We do love. So Mooney. I'm. So wait, I'm Phil's understudy. We loved Phil too. We just couldn't keep him. He was kind of like Scott. <laughs> yeah. But so Mooney's joining Phil. us for the second half of the podcast again. Mooney, Mooney is not Phil's that. understudy. No. But Mooney, Mooney is. Mooney. Herself. Mooney is like Darren Chris for Dan Radcliffe. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> nice. She well, sings a lot. She does sing a lot. <laughs> this is true. So now we have to make Phil the musical or what? <laughs> Cue up chapter 34 and just follow along in your books. Okay. Mooney, Mooney, you've you've read, I'm sure by chapter 35, you'll understand what has happened in, in the space Probably. between. Probably. I feel mm-hmm. like we should have a little boop sound when we change chapters because that's what you do when you change pages in the children's book. Please God, please God, no, because I will like start hitting people if I keep hearing boop. <laughs> that's right. I am fun. I am cat. Where we left off before the break, Draco had managed to engineer both Ginny not getting hurt by the Cruciatus oh, okay, Curse, because okay, he's okay. made this pain potion thing, the and potion. the DA is um, regathering a little earlier than they might have. Yes. Huzzah! He's got Neville thinking, which is always a good thing. In yes. fact, they actually list off everything that Draco's just done at the very beginning of chapter 34, so there you go. we might as well just go for it. All right. Previously, and be careful, <laughs> Draco got them to start the DA meetings again, stop Ginny from going mad from the Cruciatus, and the rest of the school still thinks he's the same stuck-up git he's always been. Yep. One successful week for Draco Malfoy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's only a week and a bit, Draco corrects. Yes. This is true. And how are things going with Potter and company? They're hopeless. They're yeah. camping. And not doing anything. <laughs> I did. I did love Anne's nod to this. It's just like, yeah, camping, talking in circles, doing nothing. Oh, well. Now I've got plot, but bu- oh god. <laughs> Mooney, lock away, lock away the pl- plot bunnies. You can feed them later. Okay. I have a really good plot bunny too. I gotta play with. Okay, <laughs> we can play together later. Okay. Oh god, <laughs> that's not dirty. Oh god. That's just your mind, cat. So in the actual fic, they have an interesting discussion about the differences between some of the various characters, depending on nature and nurture and which portions of each are different between the two worlds, mm-hmm. which I thought was quite neat. 
Have you guys seen the video of Tom Felton being asked if Draco would have been different if he would have brought up been brought up differently? Yes. No. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I, I you know, a series of questions people are asking him, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is one of the things that I would love to ask Anne if we get her on for an interview because mm-hmm. the way it's presented really makes me question how vastly different is this universe to, I mean, of course, you know, James and Lily survive and, and he gets all these brothers and sisters and he has parents, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, what else? Like there, there has to be something else mm-hmm. to that. What do you mean? And he has the way I've always explained Canon is that he has this saving people thing, not because it's genetic, but because he was always picked on in his life and he has developed this sense of he's not worth very much, but everybody else is worth something. So if they get in danger, I'm going to have to go and save them. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was a result of how he is because of the Dursleys. But the mm-hmm. way Anne presents this, it seems like she's saying that's just how Harry is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This Harry pretty, is pretty much a happier version of his canon self. He, he's, he hasn't but changed he's, a lot. He's slightly ha- happier. He's the 17-year-old version of Harry before Sirius died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He didn't go through Caps Lock Harry stage. Right. Well, you've got to be more different than that, or else something else has to have occurred. Right. And to my this memory... This world does have all the Dementor attacks and things, though. So. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's she didn't really go into it in this story, so it's just it's something that I really want to ask her Address. questions about. Just because I'm curious. It's not even... It doesn't hinder from the story, I don't think. It's just... When you read this the third time through, it's, hmm, I wonder. Right. This is, yeah. this is something that I would really like to delve deeper in. Well, mm-hmm. and I like Draco here because he's talking about, you know, Harry. And he says, like, same parents but different upbringing. The potter in my world grew up in, with a muggle aunt and uncle. <laughs> and you've got your parents and a load of brothers and sisters. And Harry says, yeah, and there's times I'd trade them all for a nice quiet cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can understand that some days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't we all? <laughs> but he'd want to be able to trade back. Right. So. Of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Go away, plot bunnies. Go away. Lock them in a cage. You can always feed them later. <laughs> but The bunny hatch I, exists for a reason. Yep. <laughs> and it's just, it's very interesting that these four are the examples that he points out to the entire, of the entirety. Like, Megan doesn't exist in canon. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't point that out. She's, she's the most different of all of them because she just doesn't flat out exi- exist. Right. Because mm-hmm. they never got Sirius together. Sirius never had a chance to have children. Right. So. Mm-hmm. So, that we know of. It, it yes. just interested me that he pointed out those. It's just who he happens to look at in the group, I guess. And he doesn't really know much about Neville. So um, stuff like that. But. That's true, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess Neville's probably in the same position as the Weasleys. He's mostly grown up the same way, except that he still had his mother. And then it's only recently that she's remarried Luna's dad. Right. So. And the Weasleys are definitely pretty much the same because they've got their parents and they grew up at the borough. It's basically the same thing. They seem <laughs> kind of like this cornerstone of every fic out there. The Weasleys are never torn apart. They're, they're always this very solid rock of seven Weasleys and... <laughs> 
Yeah, Percy kind of either Percy goes. or Charlie gets mm-hmm. killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but that's later on in the books. Like, if if you read, there are a lot of fics where Harry switches universes at Q or three, and mm-hmm. the Potter family is in various states. The Grangers are in various states. Like, it, the Weasleys are always constant. There are always Weasleys around. Mm-hmm. We gotta have the Weasleys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> So Draco heads out after they have this discussion and I'm assuming he switches back to the other universe and he's figuring out what his form is. Um, mm-hmm. He's been reading the Jungle Book and, and I love that he <laughs> finds a picture of Ricky Tiki Tavi and he's like, how did Ricky I miss Dickie. this for three weeks? I love that show. Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorites as a kid. I don't think he no, switched. No, it was a show. Oh, his own. No. It's, 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 it says it's he, he had been reading earlier, um, so he'd been reading it in his own Hogwarts, but right now he's thinking about it while okay. wandering through the halls in Beauvoir Hogwarts. Okay, because I was, I was getting confused because normally Anne will scene break when there's a, a world hop. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I don't get scene breaks in my text reader, so... Okay, but I'm following all... You could follow along and see. Oh, I'm trying, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. So... So... Yeah. But yeah... So I, 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 I love yes. his Animagus run. <laughs> the snake killer. Mm-hmm. Yay. Much yeah. like Badgers. What a great... And also ferret-shaped, you know, so... Yeah, well, you had to have that in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think uh, Mon- Mongeese... Ye- I think it's geese, yeah. ...are cuter than ferrets. Mm. Depends on the ferret, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Mongooses are another, like species of animal though that you don't want to they're mean sons oh, of bitches yeah. oh yeah 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 uh-huh. we had a uh, garage sale once and this person came to the garage sale with a ferret on a leash what so I got to play with it mm-hmm. Apparently ferrets are that. fun that was Fer- before I knew about Harry Potter so I didn't like laugh myself crazy <laughs> or anything like that well you could, you would only laugh yourself crazy if it was white mm-hmm. that's true and I can't remember what color this one was. The Blackfoot ones are really cute. They've got kind of the, the bandit mask going. and Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're trying to reintroduce them various places around the province, apparently, because they mostly got hunted out of existence, and now they're bringing them back to their original habitat and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be I've really cool pets. I've seen a few videos with them. Mongoose or ferrets? Ferrets. Huh. Yeah, monkeys are only go- cool pets if you like live in India where there's snakes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good for them, though. As I said, they, it, it's like badgers. Like, they're just mean sons of bitches. Badgers mm. would not make good pets. No, no. they wouldn't. <laughs> Though, you know, growing up on Redwall, I you know, always, always wanted a badger <laughs> as a kid. Redwall and the wind in the willows. Yep. Okay. I had a friend that had a pet raccoon, and it was the meanest thing. I can imagine. It would mm-hmm. hide under furniture until you walked into whatever room it was in. Ooh. And then it would launch itself at the skin between your thumb and forefinger. Ooh. And yeah. latch onto that part of your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't visit there very often. I did not. <laughs> I would like... Man. So... Yes. So Draco's scaring third years. And uh, heading off to class. Yes. Yep. And meanwhile, Abby Abby's... has decided she wants to take a look at Draco's world. Mm-hmm. And she can't normally because 
she doesn't have a counterpart either. But because she's a seer, she figures she might be able to see something a little differently. Mm-hmm. And it's not the best of ideas. Yeah. No. And Draco's learning how to be an animagus, and he hears a scream. And yeah, yeah, it begins as a rising shriek, like a banshee scream, and keeps going. And yeah, and he figures thing. out who it is, and he's immediately out the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the others are right behind him, but he beats everybody. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I do have to say just. Slightly backward. I like her with her little podium box, please. please. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It sounds like when you when you're a little kid, like when you can't reach stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, little kid? Well, I mean, I don't know. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I still have to do that. Still can't reach. Yeah, that's out. what I'm saying. I still need it. <laughs> I'm the one that stabs the breakfast cereal with the knife to get it out of the cupboard. So. <laughs> Wow, that I don't know. Sue is the only performing. I think Sue and P.S. are shorter than me, and Mooney is taller than me. By like half an inch, if that. Yeah, but you're still taller than me. <laughs> yeah, I'm taller than all of you, but I'm still too short for the cupboards in our house. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, now the only per- person who's shorter than me is my mother. Well, my grandma, because she's shrinking. Aww. Sue is shorter than you. Oh. I'm short. I'm short people. I remember when I was a kid, teenager probably, I had gone to visit somebody and their front door was up a step. Mm-hmm. And when the brother, who was fairly tall, opened the door, he like looked right over my head and he's like, nobody's here. <laughs> every time he saw me after that, he sang the short people song. And told me I had oh, no re- reason to live. It was very sad. Um, all right, here goes a tangent. Melinda posted something on her list this morning, this afternoon, I don't know. It's um, some of the video that's going to be on the Blu-ray of Deathly Hallows 2. Mm-hmm. And it's a bunch of the behind the scenes and the making of... Oh, yay! The ending of Harry Potter, the documentary that they filmed and stuff. And they have oh, yay. Um, a child who... Maybe is um, Warwick Davis's child or something. Okay. But a short person, very short. Mm-hmm. And he's just adorable. And he's and he's going on and on. And he's like, yeah, I think I could be Voldemort. <laughs> he's <was> so cute. <laughs> he's big old grin on his face. Mm. So. The cauldron went wrong. He didn't get any bigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... I should go back and watch that and make sure it really was a kid. But it, I, I'm pretty sure it was a kid. That would change the whole film. Mm-hmm. Bow before me. I can't see your faces. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I'm tired of looking at your knees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a good place to hex people, the knees. Mm. It doesn't. It isn't down quickly. Mm, no comment. Melinda oh, Leo said sends me stuff about her life. She likes me best. She sends me something every day, me and everybody else on her list. Melinda's, I, I'm sure Melinda does not like me best. I would be shocked if Melinda knew who I was. It's not that sad to me. Sue knows who I am. And Sue has fangirls. Great. <laughs> Melinda probably knows who you are by the time this is actually coming out. My friends know who I am, and that's the important part. We know you and love you. Ah, uh, okay, Aww. on with the story. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so for, 
<laughs> Abby is screaming and shrieking and they run in and she sees she says, Draco, don't move. Don't move. You have to promise. You have to swear you won't move. And, and he freezes in place. He's like, uh, what's going on? Is yeah. this now or what? And, yeah. and Mooney comes Mooney, in. The, the story Mooney comes in and thankfully is aware of how Abby's <laughs> visions go. And says, is this a current thing or is it for later? And she says, it's for later. It's for the very end. Mm-hmm. The last minute, the last day. You have to promise you won't move. And Draco's like, uh, okay, I won't move. I promise. I have no idea what you're talking about, but okay. Mm-hmm. Then she has more stuff to tell him, but first she has to have a nap. Yeah, yep. well, she because. says St. Luke's Day, Christmas Eve, Good Friday, and I can't read this last one. Walpurgis Walpurgis Nacht. Thank you. Yep. I think they might have actually were going to be called the Knights of Walburgus or something. Hmm. Yeah, and she decided against that, but used it for Sirius's mother's name instead. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And all the adults go, what? And she says, Nini wanted to know when they'd get a move on. That's when, those days. And out she goes. Yep. Yep. And so they have dates. They know what's going on. And Yay. he can uh to and from. He's sure he can get out. And so he's all excited. Yeah. Figures he'll oblige the headmaster and wrap up the present unpleasantness by the end of the school year. <laughs> there you go. And then we go on to... Oh, wait. Boop! Be careful who you call family. Sue! Yes. What did I say? Uh, you said lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this chapter is so appropriate. <laughs> yes, what the listeners don't know is all four of us hang out in our free time. <laughs> Pretty much. So we're constantly chatting with each other. So we're like family. Yep, that's true. Or we are family, depending on who you ask. <laughs> so it's a very strange family. <laughs> no, really. Who are who are you calling strange? You, everyone, yeah, with a dose of weirdness thrown in for good measure, and a little bit of angst, you know, just because a little, a little <laughs> Ray and Hermione are talking and Ray is considering Draco and Abby and he's kind of worried about them because, you know, it's a big age difference and they seem to be pretty close and Hermione says, "Mm, I don't think it's really that kind of thing. She could do worse if it is, but it doesn't feel (laughs) like that. They're soulmates. Yep. When their super soulmate powers activate... Not Thanks. like that. Thanks I that. know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> They're just plain old regular soulmates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, uh, you know, it it just doesn't feel it. And she says, Hermione says, well, you know, I'm the one that's supposed to understand these things, being a girl and all. <laughs> and Ray says that she's being old-fashioned because... It's as if boys can't understand things. And she said, well, most of you don't. And he says, what? There's food, there's Quidditch, there's theater, and there's kissing. Either you've, get, you've got them or you don't. That's all there is. <laughs> so she's like, <laughs> <Be serious. laughs> mm-hmm. To which he says, you can't have given me a straight line like that. Because if I were serious, I'd be grown up and married to Aunt Letha, and I'd live in London at number 12. And she goes after him. Again with the serious, I I'm getting tired of them. I honestly like. 
Yeah. I, I get why it's funny, but at the same time, it's just like, oh, yay. Another serious joke. Yeah. I have 2,000 It's because it shows up in every Harry Potter fan fiction ever. So, you know. Yeah, this, this would be much funnier if it didn't show up in every Harry Potter fan fiction out there. It, w- it was funny for about two seconds, and then everyone overused it. <laughs> I've seen some I'm amused ones. by the ones who uh, change his middle name to Lee just so they can expand on the joke. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Uh-huh. It's been done. But yeah. Well, considering what his his canon middle name probably is, his initials are interesting. Oh, S O B. Mm-hmm. Yes, this one I, is S V B. Yes. Then we sh- shift back to Draco himself, who's sitting there watching Abby, pretty much, and yeah. he's concerned about her, but he also wants to know what she knows. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's, it's not like he's quit being a Slytherin. And, right. And then danger arrives. And she's very pregnant, and he's never seen a pregnant, never been close, we'll say, to a pregnant woman before, and he's just not quite sure. And she's caught him kind of looking, and she says, it's all right, you can look, and if you ask nicely, you can touch. And he's like, I don't want to intrude. And she's like, that's okay, come here. And, of course, the baby kicks. And she's Mm -hmm. like, whoa. Yeah. And she knows it's a girl. Ray and Nini threw her because she kept getting boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl vibes. And she was very confused. But once they were twins, she figured that all out. Mm -hmm. And then he wants to know about Remus and whether or not Remus was really a werewolf. Yeah. And so she explains that he was and that there is a way to make him not anymore. Mm -hmm. And... They explain that to him, too, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. And she discovers, basically from an offhand comment, that in Draco's world, werewolves can have children. Whereas mm-hmm. in this world, they had to go through a whole big process to actually make that possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, th- this is another thing about fandom that I never quite loved. Part of the thing that I love about Remus Lupin is the fact that he's a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And the the things that that shape him as a werewolf, he shouldn't be able to break free from that and have all this heavy angsty background without having the price for it. Mm-hmm. But we already know you like your angst, so I love my <laughs> angst. Mm-hmm. I should I should like start a thread on Puffa Angst Addicts Anonymous. <laughs> Please do. There you go. Triple A. Triple A. So she's gonna explain this to him. And she starts writing in the air. She gives him a logic lesson. Yeah. <laughs> we all know wizards have no logic. No sense in logic. Ugh. I love logic. So it logic basically, is, it's if a person is a muggle, then he cannot do magic. And Draco agrees with that's, that. Yeah, that's yeah. obvious. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is if a person can't do magic, then he's a muggle. Not true. Uh, not true, because squibs can't do magic, but they're not a muggle. And mm-hmm. she says, okay, now wait, there's one more. Yeah, and she goes through the other two steps will, in that sequence, but we don't get to the see other they are. Two. I want to know what the other two are. Yet. I, it has to do with if a person is a muggle, then and then you, you switch the terms, if I remember correctly. Well, it's been a really long time logic since class. And so, our professor used to talk about, there were two professors, and one of the sentences, you know, one of the logic sentences was, if Jim was a Swiss cheese sandwich. 
And how, uh-huh. wait, how, how, how is it that you went to law school and I didn't where I like logic puzzles and you clearly don't? Logic made no sense to me. I didn't understand it. It was the most illogical class I have ever taken in my entire life. It made no sense. Well, that's because logic class is about fallacies, not about logic. So Draco's yeah. getting ready to ask Danger a question. Mm-hmm. And just as he's getting ready to ask... Remus interrupts them, and she says, you should stay because what he wants to ask, you'll be able to answer. And he says, well, uh, you know, maybe we should ask Draco first. (laughs) And Draco kind of thinks about it and decides that, yes, he would like Remus there, too. So Mm -hmm. he asks his question, and he's, you know, he's been taught that werewolves are monsters, and he's a little bit afraid of him. But then mm-hmm. he thinks about it, and he's, you know, he's not a monster, he's a father. And he's been nothing but kind to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Yeah. Let's... And so he tells them, basically, his story of how he managed to end up here. And uh, provides them endless amusement by telling them that Remus married Tonks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm sure yeah. he didn't say Tonks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, he tells them basically the first chapter of Deathly Hallows and there actually is a line in there in which Voldemort is, you know, teasing, has been teasing Bellatrix about how she now has a grandson and he's a son of a werewolf and Bellatrix is, you know, pulling her hair out over this. And he asks... Bellatrix's grandson? Great nephew. Um, Great nephew, yeah. nephew. Okay. <clears throat> but um, he asks Draco if he'll babysit the cubs. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that I actually went and read the chapter when I was reading this to check what exactly yes, it was that Voldemort yes, said. And yeah. And here he is, um, in another universe babysitting the cubs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was laughing so hard, I was sobbing over that line. I was just in hysterics at three in the morning. And he loves them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I would call one of them a cub. Are baby dragons cubs? Um, I don't know exactly what they are. <laughs> baby sharks are called pups. Baby really? kangaroos are called joeys. Yep. Baby wolves Knew are that cubs. Huh. All right then. Or it could. Here's the question: A baby wolf is is a baby wolf called a pup or a cub? And it says a baby wolf is called a pup, just like a dog is. So they're contradicting themselves. And baby yes. dragons are called cubs. Are they really? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Baby baby dragons are called eggs. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the sort of fledgling dragons are called, but uh, well, well, real life, a dragon and an egg would be a fetus, sort of, I suppose, because it wouldn't be a baby. All right, Hmm, and we're we're getting to the uh, what came first, the dragon or the egg? question now? So, so apparently some people refer to baby Komodo dragons as pups. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay, then. So dragons can be legitimately called pups. Wow. All right. Why or is cubs. a wolf on here? Wombat, a wolf. Jeez, I can't read. Pup or whelp. <laughs> yep. So I would say probably pup's going to be it. Yep. Works either and, way. And pup and cub are interchangeable. So we have solved that mystery. We might as well go back to Danger <laughs> Okay. I got a wombat here. Do you want to know what a baby oh, wombat's God. called? 
<laughs> What's a wombat? Why again? not? A joey. Oh, I thought it was a kangaroo. That's yeah, but it, it wombats are marsupials as well. Cubs are for like that? seventy thousand different things, so it's not like two things can be called joeys. Uh-huh. You, you want to know what a baby wrong? turtle's what? called? Uh, an egg? A baby turtle? <laughs> a hatchling? Oh, okay. That's what I'd call a baby dragon too, but you know. Some people Whatever. call baby dragons hatchlings in okay. fantasy. And this is We'd a shout out for our very and own Bob and so forth. Squirrel, mm-hmm. squirrel. Any guesses what a baby squirrel is called? Um, oh, oh! I know this. Oh, I should geez. know this. I've been reading Ridwall. Um, I don't know this. A pup, a kit, or a kitten? I a thought kitten? it was a kit. Yep. yep. And here you go. Here's a wombat for you to look at so you know what it is. Wombats scare me. This is they kind look of creepy. a fun... I have all the different animals. <laughs> Here's a bear. Right. There's a cubs. Here's a mole. Sue, Sue are, are you going to have fun? Oh my with goodness! Your preschoolers aren't wombats scary. Yes, that it does good. Oh, oh god, I can't even look. Oh, the baby cute. ones are cute. Ew! Oh wait, here's a dinosaur. Ew! What? A baby dinosaur is called a hatchling or a juvenile. Mm-hmm. Anything that comes out of an egg is called a hatchling, and then they Why often move ducks on afterwards. Hatchlings. Oh well, yes, of course. And, there's a um, exceptions. And, if, and, and a baby cow is called a calf, but if it's motherless, it's called a doggy. Can we get back to the story? Why am I driving this boat? Usually, I'm the one that drives us off the road. We're way off course. Sorry. And yes, if you're wondering, it's a boat boat. <laughs> Apparently, my baby collage tendencies are coming out. I didn't know I had them. Back to the oh, story. He's cute. How <laughs> he's scary. Uh-huh. He looks like you could cuddle him. Oh, <laughs> that's actually that's a pretty cute picture. But wombats mm-hmm. have really sharp teeth. Yeah, I would not want to put, pick that thing up. I bet you he's soft. He's I bet got you really he's... sharp claws too. You can tell. I'll, I'll I'll take that bet. You go pick one up. It's kind of like koalas. They look cute and cuddly, but you probably wouldn't want to actually cuddle one. Did you guys see the the danger, the koala danger thing that was on Facebook the other day? No, I wanted to to repost it, but I wasn't sure uh, how it would go with some of my friends, so I didn't. So it was a public warning. It said, "Look up." Australians need to be looking up, and it had this. Halloween bloody mask person with this very bloody koala. It was kind of like the Walking Dead show. So oh, lovely. It's quarter to ten in Central Daylight Savings Time. I would like to get to bed before 1 a.m. And we're on chapter all right. 35. All right, all right. Well, you have to get up at 5.30. No, I don't. I get to sleep until 6.30 tomorrow. But Ooh. still. I know. <laughs> Anyhow, I've got after my second our... wind and, and the drugs have kicked in. Oh, my head is going away. <laughs> after the lengthy digression, um, Abby has woken drugs, up and tells him a few more details about what's going to happen on each of the days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Apparently, on St. Luke's Day, he's going to do something really funny, and they work out that that is the 18th of October and is probably a Hogsmeade weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Because it is in this universe, and he's hoping that carries over. Right. And, I and speaking of universes, going, we switch, 
I were able to afford, wait, I can't afford Planned Fair. If I were willing to drop the money to come see you on Plain Fair, I would go over there right now and hit you. <laughs> that would really delay the podcast. <laughs> okay, we've got to wait for five hours for Cat to fly. <laughs> Doesn't take that long to fly to Portland. Nah, yeah, but it takes that long to get through the airport and then fly to Portland. That's true. You'd have half an hour to get home and you'd have to rent a car to get here. Because I'm not going to go pick you up so you can hit me. So Speaking we've got... of ideas that are not very good, uh, <laughs> Ginny has one. Yes. She wants to steal the sort of Gryffindor. Yes, she does. <laughs> guarded it's a ahead stupid now. idea. What were you it's thinking? Canon. It's, a, it's canon, so apparently they have to do it. Yep. And she's twisting Neville's arm to get him to agree. And Neville and mentions how it would be really handy to have the map at this point, seeing mm-hmm. as, you know, we're at Hogwarts. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, Harry should have left them the map. It would have been helpful. No, no, I don't think so. Why? Because that could easily get into Snape's hands. That's true. And true. then... That puts him in a really tough spot because while he's in favor of the side of the light, he uh, he would be forced to hand it over to Voldemort. Mm. Nah, he just pull a he tied it Hermione and accidentally knock it into the fire, and then oh, whoops. and then Mike would never what? forgive him. Oh, that'd be awful. And then Mike would never. I would never forgive him. I would. Never, I would have stopped reading. I would have just like walked away from the story. Like he knocked the the Marauders map into the into the fireplace. I'm done. Isn't that was was that a uh, psychic serpent? I think it's psychic serpent where Hermione accidentally knocks the Marauders map into the fireplace. Oh jeez. I don't um, know. I'm yeah. I I, <laughs> I think I passed over that part and was just like, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna ignore that. <laughs> so and you know, for the shippers, it provided the uh, excuse to mention Ginny's name every now and then. So mm-hmm. Harry had to keep it, but. It would have probably been useful to the people at the castle. Yes, yes, it would have. Yes. Harry needed something to moon over. So, Madame Pince catches Neville and Ginny talking and says, If you're waiting for that Luna girl, she's out in the hall. And they go out mm-hmm. to see what's going on, and Draco is teasing her. Bad, Draco. Bad, bad, bad. And yes, they are apparently ten now. Because Apparently. they're leaping around with her school bag. You know. Here, birdie, birdie, birdie. Come on, oh, well, she can't catch it. Oh, she can't catch it. Oh, well. Yep. And, I, and I love how she writes this scene because it's so obvious that Luna is just playing around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Draco's having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're both having a great time because Ginny's face is turning colors. <laughs> and if Ginny could get her hands on Draco, he'd be dead. Yeah. But they've got yeah. a hold on her, and they're not letting her go. Right, because if she kills Draco, then, well, yeah. she's, yeah, in trouble. Mm-hmm. And then she's going to Voldemort, and then Harry's in trouble because Voldemort's got Janine. And, yep. yeah, <laughs> the entire war just kind of collapses in on itself. And it make oh, a very short story. Yeah. <laughs> and poor Seamus finds out that if you put your hand over her mouth, she'll bite you. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, and she's just really, really irked by this. She's, it's, she's taking it, I guess, the way that it, Draco's m- meaning it to be taken. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, right. It really gets under her skin. And uh, Draco actually 
taps Luna's mouth and, you know, like, open up. And she opens up and he looks at her teeth like he's going to kiss her. And then he says, yeah, no, I don't think so. Not today. And lets her go. And Ginny's just livid. Mm -hmm. And finally Neville kind of gets between them and faces him and says, okay, you've had your fun. Now leave her alone. And he sends everybody else away, you know, go homework. And Mm -hmm. Draco taunts him a little bit more. And then they kind of go into the library, which is uh, where Luna finds that something was stuck into her bag. Yeah. I think I'm a little ahead of myself here. Yeah. First thing they confront her about letting Draco treat her like that. And Jay's all hot and bothered and be like, well, you know, he's, he's Malfoy. He'll never change. And it's, you know, pretty much everyone is is saying like, yeah, he'll never change. And Luna's like, well, little do you know, well, Luna is either psychic or perceptive, I think, or she's either like, like, um, Beauvoir versus Luna and she's a seer or else she's just incredibly perceptive and like the smartest cookie in the box. Because she knows when he's faking it and when he's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and she at this sees... point, she's also been primed by the other universe's Luna. So Yeah, I was right. going to say, so, but I wasn't sure if she... Okay. She has to some extent. I don't think she is fully on the, in the know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, you know, it's this whole... Like, and then, of course, I love Ginny being like, well, he, you know, Draco Malfoy fancies... Um, you know, Jenny. You know me for himself. I'm like, no, he really doesn't. Like, <laughs> he he well knows that you're Potter's property. He knows better. And he I, makes- I love Ginny's comment later. She's like, yes, Luna. He does mean something bad by it. You heard him. He's looking for a wife, and you know what that means, or do you? And I'm sitting there going, oh boy, that would be a fun discussion to have. <laughs> well, and I mean, I, I I do have voices when when these characters, and all I can picture is Luna going, "Yes, Jenny, I know where babies come from." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry. He's only saying that because he likes to watch you change color. Yeah. <laughs> Luna's like, but he's just playing. And I don't mind playing, not with him. He doesn't mean anything bad by it. And Ginny's like, yes, he does. And this is when she happens to find... The note. Or uh, show to them the note that she's found as she was putting her books back into her bag. And it's in her handwriting, but she didn't write it. Yes, just And like it's the, the password to the office. And of course, they don't take her as at, at her word. They just, you know... Figure this is a continuation of the very strange things that are happening. Right. So I like, yeah, I like Snape's password too. Hufflepuff. <laughs> a Hufflepuff. No one's going to guess Snape used that as password. Finders. And so they decide to meet in the uh, outside the astronomy tower the next day, mm-hmm. and Draco is humming a theme song that they of a film that they watched in comparative cultures, <laughs> and this makes. My week. Why, yes, Princess Luna, I am a little short for a stormtrooper. How kind of you to notice. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, That was a great line. In the movie, as well as the fic. Just one of those cognitive dissonance moments, because you could never picture Canon Draco wandering around going, hmm... (laughs) 
And we change chapters again. We go on to 37. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting it out there, are you? I wasn't going to do it this time. I was being good. Yeah, I did it two chapters and now the anal side of me is taking over and now it has yeah. to be every chapter. Now I've got you trained. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Soon those are weaknesses. <laughs> you start a pattern, I have to continue it. So, and I love Draco. He's having a little breakfast. He's like, Wednesday gets my boat for the day of the week with most unnecessary letters. Yep. <laughs> like, it's okay. certainly the day that like confuses preschoolers and kindergartners. Well, I, I still can't it. spell it. Yeah. Wednesday. Why? Yep. Why do they do these it's, things? Because it was Warden's day. Be, be, because it's the day that you always get married. Is how I remember. <laughs> Oh. Except actually that's Saturday. But you know. Yes, but it's a it's a mnemonic. And they're complaining about their classes and Draco's like, Have you ever had an actual dark arts class? And they're like, uh no, not really. Okay, yeah. you don't get to complain about your defense class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no idea why, but Blaze peeling the paper off a muffin just amuses me to no end. I have no idea why I find this so hysterical. Well, yeah, really. I mean, in the Wizarding World, muffins shouldn't have papers. No. Yeah. No, the, the, house drink, the, the house elves would magic them out, off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. so you still get the little pattern that's really, really cool, but you don't have to deal with the paper. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like cupcakes, you know. You just eat the top <laughs> off anyhow. <laughs> I actually don't like cake, so I never really... I haven't had cupcakes in years. I, I don't... Mm-hmm. I've had muffins. Yeah, I've had we made some a little while ago, but our cupcakes are much less cakey than store bought cupcakes. Mm-hmm. So they were I don't like I don't like cake. Pumpkin. I'm sorry. Ooh, pumpkin! I'd eat pumpkin cake. I'd eat. Mm-hmm. Pumpkin. It was pumpkin cake. and chocolate chips. It was very good. Ooh, Ooh that, that sounds good. good. Pumpkin cake, I wouldn't mind. It's just the I don't know what it is about. I think it's there's too much sugar in it, and mm-hmm. I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The commercial cupcakes these days really go overboard a lot. All right. So I'll send you the recipe. Okay, sounds good. We've gone to uh, Professor Riddle's classroom, and he is going to talk to them about Dementors. Yep. And how Which is really them. handy. And we, mm-hmm. along with Harry, think, I didn't know you could kill them. Well, we also get a little bit of a insight into why everyone is trying to be an animagus because mm-hmm. in this universe it's a matter of survival right. and in in canon universe it's just like it's a fun project if you have the time right mm-hmm. and most people don't bother because it's not a necessity and it's really hard yes right. mm-hmm. and oh this is reminding me of my first fic in and order- professor riddle calls hermione mrs weasley He's like, oh, uh, Mrs. Weasley. <laughs> yeah. Snicker, snicker. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And they have a bunch of theories about what Dementors are, but apparently in this universe, it's the least likely of those theories in which they're actually the souls that Dementors have previously eaten turn into other Dementors. Right. That's how they reproduce. They kind of split. So once They're the Dementor, amoebas. Yeah. Once the Dementor is sucked out of soul, it, it 
in a couple of minutes, it kind of gives birth to another Dementor. Oh, lovely. And that's when you can kill them. Yep. But you have to do it with a warrior Patronus. Is that the right term? Yep. Mm, I think so, yeah. Which has three words in its spell rather than two. Mm-hmm. So, and he teaches them that. Um, let's see. So you can kill a Dementor just as it's kind of giving birth. And again, um, so just as it's kissing someone. Yeah. Just after it's sucked out a soul or just as it's reproducing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, can either we, can end of that several minutes. <laughs> You're not liking little baby dementors floating around? Oh, lovely. Well, it's just, I mean, from from what we understand of dementors, even in canon, I always thought that um, they, you know, they reproduce from themselves. They're, they're not, you know, I'm, I haven't taken biology for the record in years, but it's it's when cells can divide by themselves and they don't need, you know, two different sets of DNA to do it. Mm-hmm. They produce they're asexual. Their own, yeah, asexual, yes. Brilliant! Yeah. Like, so I always thought dementors were asexuals, and giving birth is just like, ew, dementor sex. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about little baby dementors, um, for some reason, made me picture, like, um, Gremlins. Their, ver- their version of cartoon series would have Casper the Friendly Dementor or something. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There you go. Um, that's and they're so quiet during the defense lesson that it reminds him of one of Umbridge's lessons. Yep. And so in the break afterwards, he talks to his friends about the Inquisitorial Squad, and they all fall on the floor because <laughs> they're thinking of the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition! Or the Hogwarts Inquisition. Right. Yes, nobody expects and the Hogwarts Inquisition. <laughs> Draco says, hmm, there should be a play of that. And Ginny's like, yes. Yes, there should. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Let's go write one. Yeah. I love that he thinks that it's too bad that Yaxley got the Dementors off of Umbridge Umbridge. before they could suck her soul, because that's one person I wouldn't mind condemning (laughs) to an eternity-destroying happiness. And, you know, she would have probably enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, Bella too. Mm-hmm. No, because Bella likes watching people suffer. Well, that's true. Yeah, and does she ever? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, she gets off on it. Mm, well. <laughs> anyway, oh. so Draco has off. a little plot of his own. He's getting a certain person to write a note, and then when he switches universes again, he gives it to Peeves. Right. Call and it a momentary lapse of judgment. <laughs> and it's the lyrics to Monty Python songs. Yes. So Peeves is now rocketing around the castle singing the spam song and thoroughly annoying the caros. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it couldn't happen to a nicer duo of people. I don't know. I still think it was hysterical that he, he, he was singing um, SpongeBob in Canon DV. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a good one, too. As long as it's not Barney, we're good. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So. Uh, 
And Draco's also thinking about um, a weird expression he saw on Snape's face at some point. And he realizes he was angry with um, Weasley and Lovegood and Longbottom stealing the sword the same way he was angry with Draco for crashing the Christmas party. Mm -hmm. So he's pretty sure that Snape really is on their side and he's going to do something or other to (laughs) help them out. Uh, Yeah, so Snape is using uh, Snape logic and has said that because they were stealing something from his office, then it, and whatever was in his office would be under his protection, that he gets to be the one that choose the punishment. Mm-hmm. And Draco says, well, that makes sense, except for if you extend that to the fact that he's headmaster, so anything that happens in the castle is actually in his jurisdiction and under his protection, then maybe he should stop everything the Carols do. But, you know, you don't want to push it too far because... Yeah. Yeah. Then you're going to attract unwanted attention. Mm-hmm. I did find it interesting that um, he knows about the unrequited love. Uh, that, you know, it took how many books for Harry to figure out? I figured that well, That's because it's, much, it's apparently much more obvious in the other universe. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Lily still exists and their mm-hmm. Snape just, you know, spends all his time in the dungeons because she's married and... Happily so. Mm-hmm. Well, I figured it was common knowledge. Yeah. Probably. So we have not show up and say, we know what's going to happen to the blood traders. They're going to get punished. They're going out into the Forbidden Forest with Hagrid for a week. And they have to keep up on their homework. And any time that they don't do that, then they can get detention like they normally would. Mm-hmm. And not and his crew have a plan they're going to sneak out, lure Hagrid away, and send the Acumentulas after mm-hmm. the trio. Basically Ooh. get them killed. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Draco has to come up with a new plan. Mm-hmm. And I love Draco. He's like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? Um, oh, perfect. And he comes up with a plan, and he, he makes this potion... And he's like, okay, now, I have to get them to drink it. How can I get them to drink it? What can I do? And we go to the next chapter. figures out, really, you can't do anything. Mm -hmm. But somebody could. Yep. Mm -hmm. Certain very short, squeaky-voiced people (laughs) in the castle. They are not people. The house elves in the kitchen. House elves are people, too. (laughs) (laughs) Keep. This sounds like a slogan. <laughs> this is a this is the spew slogan. House elves are people too. Hermione should have thought oh, of that. Keep is much better than spew. <laughs> and I know that it's not much better than spew, but okay. <laughs> this reminds me of um the leaky debates back before the seventh book was out. Mm. And um, John Noe got very ridiculous with Sue Upton once and was saying that Helga Hufflepuff enslaved the house elves. Yes, he did say that. And it's, it was like this, this three-year-long de- debate. People chose sides. and it, it fake got dramatic. It wasn't the fangirl thing. Mm-hmm. But, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it got very interesting. But yes, he figures that's the best way to get all of Slytherin House at once so then he won't be suspected. And he won't have to make them drink from a particular pitcher or whatever. Right. And the only he says, problem. okay, 
how exactly am I going to do this when Dobby hates my guts? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's standing out in the corridor, waiting to get into the kitchens, and he's talking to himself, and he almost gets caught by a pair of Hufflepuffs, and he's like, note to self, talking when there's no one around is a bad thing, because there's always somebody around. <laughs> yep. And he goes in, and there's Dobby. Yep. Yep. Oh dear. Looking very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. Or at least trying. I believe this is known as digging one's own grave. Yeah. <laughs> mm. He's speaking in a tone of surprising menace for such a squeaky voice. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Draco Malfoy is not to order these house elves around to do mean things to Gryffindors or Ravenclaws or Pufflepuffs. What about <laughs> Slytherins? <laughs> Draco's like, how about yep. Slytherins? Hmm, maybe. He's like, uh, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. And he tries to explain that he's changed. And Dobby's not quite sure he believes him. But apparently house elves uh, know their potions. Because when he shows them what he once dumped into all the drinks, they automatically know what it is and agree. Well, it seems like fairly accepted in throughout fandom that house elves would be able to take what their masters were were eating and taste it and see if it was mm-hmm. poisoned or not. So it seems like they would they would just by instinct be able to smell something and know what a, what potion it was. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Probably. That makes sense. And they do have fairly large noses. Mm-hmm. They do. <laughs> yep. So they sort of almost make a yeah. True. He manages to kind of talk around to Dobby and also Creature by mm-hmm. um, saying, you know, he knows that um, Harry and Hermione and Ron are all right. And he's and- trying to do something for Ginny Weasley, which they know Harry would approve of. Right. And when yes. they finally figure out what the potion is, they um, burst out laughing and agree because he's going to make it so they hear the Slytherins coming. <laughs> Yeah. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And he... Uh, and he also points out to Dobby that he had a contract with Dumbledore. He's right. never actually made a contract with Snape. Uh, Which is very, a very, very Slytherin thing to point out. Herself. Yes. <laughs> yep. So, there's all sorts of things they can do. And Creature belongs to Potter, so he's not really bound there either. Right. Mm-hmm. And we switch chapters. Be careful where you watch. Mm-hmm. Boop! And he's... Thinking, he's really started something. Yeah, he has. He really he has. Because the house elves are everywhere. And he's kind of got them spying now. Mm-hmm. Well, he's Such also a good little Slytherin. <laughs> I, I think this act that has kind of proved to them that chocolate is not for you. <laughs> really? But the Snickers are here. Group. I need some. The the cat was in the chocolate Snickers bag. Um, yes. just oh, and I thought it was the house elf. Sue, that is why my apartment is so messy because I have house elves here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can house elves eat chocolate? I'm sure probably they can. Yeah. I really don't know. I really don't care. <laughs> That sounds like a great title. Can house elves eat chocolate? <clears throat> <laughs> Can house elves eat chocolate and 
what 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 did we come up with? Help? Help? Uh, keep. 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 Yeah. We're way off course. You know, if, if you mess up royally when you're a kid, usually, you know, taking one step forward goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to trust you outright, but they're going to, you know, if you ask them to do something else that gets you to take another step forward, then they're more willing to do that thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So now he has elves that basically Snape isn't going to be asking them what is Draco Malfoy up to. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he's free and clear. Like he can do whatever he wants to his housemates, and and no one can is gonna care. Right. Mm-hmm. So he gets himself a clean goblet of pumpkin juice, right. and everybody else doesn't. Yep. Partakes in other things, and then we jump to Luna, who's tucking a scarf into her pocket because it's September and it could get chilly outside. And then being a good friend, she sticks one in for Ginny, too, just in case Ginny forgets hers. Because, you know, Ginny's forgetful. Mm-hmm. Apparently. <laughs> yep. but I never, I was never struck as, you know, Ginny's forgetful. I thought it was just, you know, kind of yeah. and one actually, of those things. It's not the, it's not the scarf she, she puts in there. It's mittens and a hat. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's it's the kind of thing of, like, people often do that to me because I'm the kind of person who will be like, it's not cold out, and then, like, three hours later, yeah, it's kind of cold out. <laughs> I'm freezing. Yeah. And Neville's getting ready to go. He's got his cloak fastened, and he's looking at the dusty beds where Harry and Ron and Dean used to sleep, and he's wondering mm. what his bed's going to look like after a yeah. week of not using it. And he's like, at least this time when I'm going out in the forest, Malfoy won't be there. And the rest of us are like, oh, well. Maybe. Yeah. So they go out and they meet. And Ginny's having a crisis. She's decided that it's all her fault. She's the one that talked him into this. And Mm -hmm. she should just go out into the forest and let something kill her because... She's no help. She's not doing anything worthwhile. Oh, she's pulling me. a Harry. Poor me. Poor me. It's even yeah, worse than spent... pulling a Harry because, like, can you imagine if Ginny did this and then Harry came back to like save the world mm-hmm. and Ginny wasn't there? Yeah. Oh goodness, that would be bad. So Harry would go out in the but forest and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, Luna and Neville kind of shake her out of it a little bit. Yep. yep. And then so does our furry little friend. So, Fang's, Fang's sitting there, and all of a sudden, Fang barks and takes off into the to the surrounding area, and here comes this little furry streak, and it runs right up Luna, because Fang is after it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's this cute little creature. Looks like a ferret. But not quite. Yep. And, uh. Luna points out that they're great for fighting snakes, especially the poisonous ones. Yeah, well, once Hagrid <laughs> says that it's a mongoose. Yep. Yep. And, you know, funny to see him Jenny here. says, huh, maybe he'd give him give us some pointers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if you only knew. And she decides she's going to keep him and makes him into a furry little scarf. <laughs> Luna. Luna yes. does, yes. A live furry little scarf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So. I shall call him Squishy, and he shall be my Squishy. And, and Tigris has set up a, a real campsite out there, which he wasn't actually supposed to do, but Mm-mm. it's uh, much nicer for them. Right. They never actually told him 
make sure they have a horrible time. <laughs> nope. So as long as nobody catches them, they'll be fine, and they're going to take turns watching, so at least they'll look a little bit tired. They won't be as tired mm. as they should be, but, you know, if they go back looking all rested, then they'll know something's up. Yeah. And then they hear ripping cloth sounds, and they're like, what in the world? So quick, they've got to douse the lights and douse the fire, mm -hmm. and this terrible, terrible smell comes at them. Yes. Apparently, <laughs> so they all attempt to move up wind. <laughs> and, gee, look, it's all the Slytherins, except yeah. Draco Malfoy. All but one, and they're uh, a little flatulent. Just a tiny bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> rounds them up and sends them back to the castle. because. And they start out the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine they're going like upwind and just like nope, nope, go down downwind. <laughs> yeah, go downwind. <laughs> but Ginny can uh, help once they leave the area. She scrubs the air and makes it smell a little bit more pleasant. And I mm -hmm. love Luna. Thank you, Ginny. That would have been unpleasant to sleep next to. <laughs> yeah, really. I'd be sure to dream of trolls. Yeah. Strunks. Strunks and trolls. So let's mm -hmm. see. Strunk. It would be a skunk mixed with a... Um, I think it would be like a, a skunk with a trunk. Okay. So it's a skunk <laughs> elephant. Oh, good. Now this great visual. This great big, huge, striped skunk. With an trunk. Oh, dear. These great big feet. <laughs> Thank you. Well, they work out the watches. And Luna's not having hers until the end. And so Draco stays in his draped position and falls asleep mm -hmm. and wakes up in the other world with a certain someone yeah. still there. Whoops. Yeah. Boop. Be careful who you bring along. <laughs> yep. The chapter titles don't always fit quite as well, but yeah, yeah this was a good one. That one was a good one. This was the silly one. So he uh, he wakes up and realizes he's still transfigured, and he looks around and he's like, "Hmm, Weasley, Longbottom, and Hagrid are all gone. Where'd they go?" And then he realizes where he is. Oh, of course. And I love he smacks yeah. himself on his furry little forehead with one little mongoose paw. Whoops. <laughs> but he's brought Luna with him, and he didn't know he could do that. Now you know. Now I, you know. Uh, yeah, and he's realizing he's late for charm, so I'm like, I think you'd be excused. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Sorry, Professor Flitwick, I turned into an animal and overslept out in the forest with a girl who hates me. <laughs> yeah. Sure. She doesn't hate Ian, though. No, she doesn't. Mm -hmm. So she sees through the mask. He puts a sleeping charm on her so that she'll sleep the whole time, and he puts a few protection spells around her so he can leave her in the woods alone. And off mm -hmm. to the castle he heads. So he doesn't want to deal with it. Mm -mm. Nope. So. And he uh, goes and talks to Professor McGonagall and lets her know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So... And while on his way, he manages to remember that the Gringotts vault, where one of the Horcruxes is, is Bellatrix's, because he's been there before. Mm-hmm. When he was very, very young. Yep. So, 
And then we have Hermione, Ray, and Harry looking at the Marauder's map. And uh, they're like, why is Draco in the forest? And <laughs> wait a minute, isn't Luna here with us? Why are there two Lunas? I, I love this. Oops. Hermione followed Ron's gaze to Luna. She was taking advantage of their morning break to discuss the life cycle of the Nargle with Professor, Professor Kyleburn. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's yeah. apparently the second Professor Kettleburn. Mm-hmm. Yes, his son. The, the one who uh, retired to enjoy time with his remaining limbs ceded the position to his son. Mm-hmm. Because Hagrid isn't here, he's off in uh, um, somewhere with Madame Maxime. Yeah, France. Because he was never expelled. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And I love this. That's one thing I like about having Draco Malfoy around, said Ginny. Life is never dull. Occasionally insane, Neville said, holding the door for everyone, but never dull. <laughs> yep. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, yep, yep. apparently Draco is not a stupid teenager like in canon. I mean, all the teenagers are stupid in canon. And he actually told an adult. Woohoo! Yay! I'd appreciate these yep. people he that tell He tells Professor Riddle. And he also mm-hmm. tells Professor Flitwick because, you know, he's late. Yeah. And, uh, yep. He says, okay, you don't have to have a detention as long as you get your work done. Mm-hmm. And, and then he tells the rest of them that he's figured out where the cup is. It's in the Lestrange vault. And they're like, that's <laughs> great. Now how are we going to get it? Very carefully. Mm-hmm. Then, mm-hmm. you know, what's this have to do with Ron walking out on me and Nini? Don't even start. <laughs> he says, yeah. his, you know, I mean the other ones. And, uh, yeah. And he's got a plan. He's going to be there to grab Ron and mm-hmm. take him away. Right. Take him back to the manor so that they can let Ollivander out. And they said, but he can't take him as Ron because Ron is in the burrow with Spattergroyd, as mm-hmm. far as anyone knows. Yes. Yeah, so so the funny him. thing he's going to do is turn him into Hermione. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, this will be fun. <laughs> it's a good yep. thing he's got a Let's little just... bit of time and knows how to. I will say this for Draco: he is an excellent potions maker in this story. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which actually, well, it follows canon. Because he was superb his first year without any training, mm-hmm. or without any formal training. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you'd think after seven years he'd, he'd of Snape as his godfather that he'd pick up on things that weren't taught in class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I get the impression, or at least have read in a number of fics, that either Draco had tutoring before he got to Hogwarts, or... Which Snape tutors did. the Slytherins privately, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. he is—he does at least have some skill for it and picks it up because not all the Slytherins are as good as each other. So mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> Crab and really, Crab and <laughs> <laughs> So and then yeah, we well. have Luna acting slightly odd for even Luna, <laughs> and she mm-hmm. asks him if he has a free period and. They go off to uh, sing together. And he's like a little uh, taken aback by this because, uh, you know, in this universe, Luna doesn't really like him that way. But she's sort of acting like that. And he's not really sure what to think about it. But he goes along and he starts singing with her. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
He controls his desires because he doesn't want to think about her that way because he knows she's taken. Yep. And, and meanwhile, Luna in the forest is smirking. And smirking soundly. <laughs> yep. Now, the way I took this was uh, Beauvoir versus Luna decided to switch places with Canon Luna. Temporarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we don't Temporarily. Know Okay. It's coming, but we don't know that. Well, I mean, there are two sentences that hint at it, so that's the way I took it. Okay. Mm -hmm. She says, you know, it's always good to give one's friends chances to know each other better before they get involved. Mm -hmm. And we've switched chapters, and we have Luna uh, being kind of shaken awake by Hagrid. And she's like, I'm awake. Back in their forest. Such a lovely dream. Yes, back in their (laughs) forest. And she kind of wiggles the mongoose off so that he stays underneath the covers and nobody really sees him because she knows who he is now. Mm-hmm. Very, very much so. Mm-hmm. And she sort of talks to him but does it in a vague way so that nobody really knows that she's talking yeah. to him. I think the mongoose may have been a somnious in disguise. I hope he knows he has to go away before morning. Mm-hmm. Just because it'd be bad for both of us if we stayed. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he could always come back. I would like that. But for now, he should go. <laughs> and Draco's like, she's talking to me. She can't be talking to me. No, she's not really talking to me. She's 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 just being weird, ex- except it sounds like she's talking to me. Um, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should leave. <laughs> yep. And then he's got to... Uh, he sneaks back towards the castle and he's got to figure out a reason for him not being in bed all night. And then he thinks about it and he says, well, it is very smelly in Slytherin right now. Maybe I can use that for an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't sleep. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I've gone somewhere else. I went to the Allery. It smells much better up there. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Elephant-sized farts that smell like <laughs> skunk. <laughs> nice stuff. Awesome. It's those strunks, man. They're bad. <laughs> Nasty things. Nasty. <laughs> and he's kind of having to convince himself as he's going that um, he's not going soft. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh-huh. no, no. It's, it's, it's all for me. I, I'm not even being nice. I'm just, you know, going to have a great time getting one over on people. And, yeah. mm-hmm. yep. and then we have uh, Abby, who's going to make a pretend. And Draco's mm-hmm. not really sure what he's supposed to say to this, but he says, do you want some help? And she says yes, and she's got some questions for him. Was your Dark Lord around when you were born? And Draco says yes. He didn't go away until I was about a year and a half old. And then she says, okay, your birthday's before Ray and Nini's, right? And he says yes, by almost two months. And you look like Lucius. And he says, yeah, don't remind me. And she says, I need it for the pretend. I think it's ready. Do you want to hear it? He says, what's it about? And she says, you. (laughs) And he's like, all right. Well, of course. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, she starts telling this story. And and he interrupts her. And she says, don't interrupt. It's rude. So he, uh, as my preschoolers say, Zips it, locks it, and puts the key in his pocket. Yep. Locks his lips closed so that he won't interrupt her again. And she tells his story. Yep. 
she's deciding that in her pretend, really he was from this world and just got moved over. He was actually Aunt Ceci's and uh, you know who, <laughs> which is not the same as he thinks of. Oh goodness! <laughs> oh no my comment. gosh! No comment. No comment. <laughs> And he laughs, and she gets all huffy. For for those of you who do not know what we're talking about, read the entire story all the way through, and then come back to this podcast, and you will giggle along with us. <laughs> I think it probably comes up in our next podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, probably. Though it's been hinted at many times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we find out that they got married in secret because they wanted to try it out. Yep. And decided that they weren't going to tell anybody until after he was born. But the very day he was born, he disappeared. Poof! And they were so upset, they forgot their manners and blamed each other and stopped living like married people. Yep. And he's, like, totally confused. (laughs) It made sort of sense, but, uh, okay. Then why do I look like the people that raised me? And... That's the Dark Lord's fault. Yep. He yep. used his dark magic to change you. They could change yep. your blood, but they couldn't change your soul. Mm-hmm. Your soul was a soul from this world. Right. Yep. And uh, God, this kid is just... Wow. I love Abby so much. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he says, mm-hmm. Okay, I but I don't intend to hang around for lots of time. In fact, I think I'll just become a tickle monster. And tickles yeah. her until she screams, and yeah. yeah. Then, she... and then he goes back to his thoughts he was having before, mm-hmm. as he's going up to wherever he's going to be instead of the Slytherin dorm. Right. And he's got okay. I've got a plan a little bit. I've got to do these three things, and you know, I'm not quite sure how it's going to work, but uh, at least it brings me up in the Dark Lord's favor, uh, boots Lucius down, and mm-hmm. frees a prisoner. And for icing, I also get to put the Imperius Curse on Ron Weasley. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be a fun day. And we change to be careful what you find important. And Ron is not having a good day. No, he's not. Nope. Boop. Yes. He remember, he's kind of thinking back. He's like, okay, I walked out on Harry and Hermione. That wasn't too smart, but, you know, I did. Uh, okay, what did I do? I tripped or... Um, and then... There's Draco Malfoy. He's like, oh, crap. <laughs> wakey, wakey, Weasley. Could you imagine? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. Poor Ron. It's just like, you know, he has this big fight with, with Harry. He walks out on them you and then he wakes no up. Family. Oh, goodness, Ron. Draco's prisoner. His day can't get any worse. Yes, it can. Because yeah, this well, world is... <laughs> we're going to find out how much worse it can be. Well, I mean, everything that he thinks about Draco Malfoy is about to be turned on its head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, yeah. Draco's like, hold still, that you're going to have to do this. And he he summons all the loose hair off of him, and he sits there, and he, he puts it into three different piles. And then mm-hmm. he very calmly mixes Hermione's hair into the Polyjuice Potion and says, drink this, <laughs> Ron's like, no, not gonna do it. And he says, okay, Imperio. <laughs> and yeah. I have the, I have the the voice from, it's one of the jingle spells where Voldemort wants a puppy, 
any Imperio oh. Santa Claus. That's the voice I have in my head for Imperio. <laughs> Ron has spent like half of this conversation really confused because Malfoy is being weird. Mm-hmm. And so when he starts insulting him again, he's like, okay, I know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah, I know how to do this. Okay. <laughs> he changes Ron into Hermione and says, okay, we're going to go. I'm going to go turn you in. And, and Ron's totally Why? Why is he turning me into Hermione? Does he think he's going to get more credit for Hermione oh, than me? Oh, hold on. He doesn't ask why. He says, you sadistic bastard, you turned me into Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but he's thinking to himself, why? Mm-hmm. So. At first, he thinks it's going to turn him into Harry. Because, right. you know, Malfoy captured Harry Potter. It'd be great um, mm-hmm. credit for him. And <laughs> then it turns him into Hermione. He's just... Yeah, and uh, apparently Draco forgot that turning a boy into a girl would change their bodies quite a bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Might have yeah. to shorten the robes a bit, otherwise yeah. he'll fall over all the time. Among other modifications. <laughs> Just a little. That's disturbing. <laughs> well, robes, I think, probably don't aren't quite as tailored that way as muggle clothes, so probably okay. But... Yeah, and he he decides he better gag him in case he says something. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so glad I ran into an explicit podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Ron line. just cannot work out this walking in a girl's body thing. Yeah. So it's just as well he's tied up. It's just as well that Hermione Granger doesn't wear heels. <laughs> <laughs> Unless she's being Bellatrix. Oh my goodness. Just wrong. Oh my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) And Malfoy says sorry when he puts the gag on. And Ron is like, you kidnapped me. You're about to hand me over to you-know-who. You polyjuiced me into Hermione Granger and you're sorry about the gag? Uh, You need to sort out out his priorities. priorities. (laughs) Well, there's also the fact that Malfoy just apologized. Like, what? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, the rest of the people at the manor don't know Hermione, or they would realize when angry she goes really still, whereas now she's kind of struggling and spitting and snarling and Mm -hmm. being Ron. Um, She followed me home on Bella. Can I keep her? (laughs) Yeah. Narcissa hears his voice and hears Bella's laugh and hurries down and he's telling the story of how he found her outside Hogsmeade and he chased her down and he had to bring her home. Bella wants to know about Harry Potter. Was there any sign of Harry Potter? No, no, no sign of that. That woman is a broken record. Mm -hmm. And here comes Lucius. He's like, Draco, why are you? Mm -hmm. Oh, Potter's mudblood, I presume. Yeah, Draco's Mm -hmm. very happy about that. So, yep. Oh, and he doesn't have her wand. It seems to have been lost somewhere, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. She must have dropped it, but he's got her controlled. And and Bella says, for such good work, you deserve a reward. What boon can I give you? And he does this little boy thing. Gee, Bella, I know this is really silly, but... When I was a little boy, Mom <laughs> took me to your vault, and it was so cool. Do you think I could go back there? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, sure. 
<laughs> Why not? I thought I was gonna have to like buy you a racing broom or something. You just want to go on a dragon or a goblin cart ride? No problem. I'll take you to my vault. Promise? Yeah. yeah. I don't think Draco as a five-year-old would have done that, though. I think he would have been much more demanding. Probably. Mm. No, but he's he's manipulating them like a five-year-old does. Mm -hmm. No, I know. What what were you saying, Scott? He gets to go on the next Hogsmeade weekend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, we're going to call back the Dark Lord, and in the meantime, we're going to lock that mudblood in the cellar with Ollivander, because, you know, Ollivander's been stuck down there for over a year, so it must be a safe place Mm. to lock somebody. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> and yep. uh, Draco hauls him down to the cellar. Uh, her, him, her, <laughs> no, I'm not sure. him, and takes him into the core and kind of lets the core know who he is and stuff like that. Yeah. And then drags him down to the the prison where Ollivander is, and he's like, "Okay, now here's the thing. You've got to." Follow the tunnel out and help Ollivander, and when you get there, you're going to go 20 feet beyond the, the end of the wall and look for a tree that's marked like this, and your wand's in there. And if Before we get Hermione, to that, though, yeah, I love how he <laughs> Weasley treated him to two full minutes of highly unflattering description encompassing every part of Jacob's body and personal habits, then moved on to his parents and aunt. He was just about to start on the next generation up when Draco yawned ostentatiously. You Chris Granger with that mouse? He asked. Do I? No! (laughs) (laughs) Maybe? Why not? Uh, (laughs) As simulating as this conversation is, it's a long time. Listen up. Yeah. Yeah. So he tells him where his wand is, and And Ron is just, uh, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, flabbergasted. He says, okay. Uh, if you're still Granger when you get there, don't worry. She climbs trees, I know. Um, <laughs> I was like, what? Hermione uh, would never climb a tree? Are you nuts? Mm-hmm. And your price on the freedom is to look around a bit when he gets where he's taking him. And also tell Potter his sister's a Slytherin. His sister's a Slytherin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I can just imagine. <laughs> Poor Ron. Man, that would be so confused. (laughs) Yep. Oftentimes in the movies, you can see Ron Weasley just trying to work things out in his tiny mind. (laughs) Can we panic now? Why can't it be follow the butterflies instead? Follow the butterflies, wee! Exactly. (laughs) And except now, this is on Hermione's face. Yeah, that's just wrong. Yeah. And we change chapters once again. Yep. <laughs> Boop. And Chapter forty-four. Be careful who you dream, who of. dream of. Where's your boop? Not <laughs> 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 your boobs. Your boop. <laughs> She's already done it. Thank you. We could change it. We could go boobs instead. That works for me. We'll just go back and do all that I way. thought that was Lavender Brown we were doing that one. Oh, all right. That was, oh. that was oh, God. Stay away from those. <laughs> so, so from the beginning of this chapter, we have a new point of view. Mm-hmm. We're in Severus's point of view, and he's mm-hmm. dreaming. And this is where we 
get into the stuff that we were talking about in the first half before our break. Mm-hmm. And he's finding a certain person at the gardens that's her favorite place. And they have quite a bit of conversation and you can tell, you know, they're close and they talk about their days and such. And as we go through, you can figure out that this is Cecilia. Right. Mm-hmm. And we know that she's got to be kept busy, so she likes her garden. And they spend the night together. And mm-hmm. then we... And they talk a little bit about him and his thing with Lily and um, she wonders if you know Lily might have not wanted him to pay pay her back a little differently than he is mm-hmm. and you know things like that and then after they've woken up again or well we don't know if they actually went to sleep mm-hmm. but they talk about his student that he's having trouble with because he's being weird <laughs> yes He's flaunting school rules and has caught this person and took him back to his house instead of bringing him to school into Snape. And yeah, oh, her as far as Snape knows, but you know. her, her. <laughs> <laughs> the problems with pronouns. Mm-hmm. No, the, yep. his description of Draco as a rule breaker reminds me of his description of Harry. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, which and, is interesting because he's now done a 180. Because it used to be that Draco was the golden child, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Harry was the rule breaker. And in this fic, because he's not, you know, this is what he is behind the mask. Mm-hmm. Harry is kind of the golden child, and Draco is the rule breaker. Right. Which mm-hmm. I mean, going to either extreme is still bad. Mm-hmm. There has to be a happy medium where there are people and not the devil and Jesus, I guess. <laughs> well, there's allegory and Deathly Hallows. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. It works. Yeah. We're not mm-hmm. saying anything wrong. So, but we find out that Snape didn't have to work out what to do about this because the next time they looked in the cellar, everybody was gone. Yep. Like magic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She's like, how did get, how'd they get out? It's like, Nobody knows. Except but, for the households, which are who are chanting magic, magic, magic. <laughs> but we know that Lucius got punished. Yay! And Yay! Escaped and and unscathed. Ooh, we've got unscathed in here. And <laughs> the mother's sister is honor bound to keep the promise she made to take him to visit her vault. And <laughs> everybody's like, "What is the deal with this? I don't get it." But. <laughs> So yeah. I think this and he's been that Draco Malfoy is extremely good at playing chess because he's got everyone looking the other way while he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a pretty good actor, apparently. Apparently, he has found his calling. <laughs> and I mean, it helps that he's acting what everyone expects him to be like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, he's bullying the other students, boasting about his abilities, cursing everybody in the classroom sessions, usually the people that he's disagreed with before, and he seems fixated on this particular girl. It's weird. And uh, In fact, Draco's acting skills are called to question, into question in chapter 45. Be careful what you abscond with. And okay. boop! Thank you. <laughs> yep. And yeah, Snape's angsting because he believes he's failed his possible test. And anyhow, on to 45. 
Oh god, I love this chapter. <laughs> so Draco is being a ham. Oh, big time. And he's Ooh, living proof the gold can't buy things that matter most, like sanity. Hmm. <laughs> and there's the cup right up there where it's supposed to be. And but he, he better knows. check that it's not going to kill him, so he goes as if to touch a suit of armor instead. Mm -hmm. And yeah. she says, touch nothing, nothing, nothing at all, <laughs> because then he'd be burned, right. apparently. So she and that would be interesting to explain to his mother. <laughs> oh, yes. We don't oh, want yeah. to burn him. That would be bad. So she takes that curse off, but the multiplying curse is still on. He picks up a galleon, and it becomes 50,000 of them. Mm-hmm. And she can get the right one. She puts it all back and gets the the real one. He's like, is it this real is... gold or like leprechaun gold? And she says, yeah, it's like leprechaun gold, only it's better because humans made it. Wizards yes. made it. We well, wizards made it. Witches in this case. <laughs> humans too. They take a few days instead of a few hours, but they aren't real gold. <laughs> and he says, can I keep this one just... As a memento to remind me of today. <laughs> she says, oh, okay, have the galleon. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... and he reaches for it and stops. And she's like, ah, clever boy. And turns off the enchantment on that particular object. Mm -hmm. Which gives him a chance to watch how you do that. Yes. <laughs> and then he gets her to turn around. And he curses her. And he's got about 45 seconds to get the other cup, which has been shrunk back up to, or the fake cup up where the other cup is. And so he turns into his little ferret, uh, excuse me, mongoose self, and scrambles up there and puts the uh, spell on it so that it won't multiply. And he's, you know, he's doing a lot of stuff in this mongoose form that's pretty advanced, carrying things back and forth. And He puts a fake in that he's been carrying in his pocket. Yep. He puts it to normal size and places it precisely where the other one was. And he's just about to get down when she starts to move again. And he just Ooh. has to leap and lands in a pile of coins, which, of course, start multiplying all over the place. And She's like, Draco, what in Merlin's name? And he's like, I've slipped. <laughs> Whoops. Now he's got this dilemma because his hand's underneath all the coins and he's still got the cup in that hand, but he can't pull it out. She'll see it. So what can he do? And of course, apparently Lucius was falling all over himself in the gold as well and trying to talk. Your father's it. son all over, swinging other people's gold. Yeah. He's Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this exchange is amazing, but it makes me shudder. Okay. <laughs> I was like, would you mind turning around for a second? <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, I, I, I saw, I changed your nappies, Draco. <laughs> like, I you, doubt you, you have, have anything that I haven't seen. Yes, but the correct answer, she said, is I don't want to make Uncle Rodolphus jealous. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because he rips his robes. Which gives him a great excuse to ask her to yes. turn around. As he's pulling his leg, one leg out, the uh, seam rips, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Excellent yep. so on he... purpose. So, unless he's going commando, it shouldn't be that much of a problem. Or has he wizards his... don't wear anything under their robes. Or yeah. does he, did he rip his pants too? Wizards, wizards don't 
wear anything under the robes. Got robes on, and he's not the pure bloods, anyhow. Yeah, it's like a kilt. So yes, he's commando. Well, that it makes certain activities a lot easier too. That's mm. true. You know, oh, it's God. possible. He oh has God! No really? Really? We're having this conversation. Joe didn't even cover sex education, and now you've she already got them have. shagging in the closets because they don't wear pants or knickers. <laughs> Good God! Oh God! Oh no! Look at you guys scared Scott away. <laughs> Sheesh! <laughs> yeah, I gotta go find him again. Come here, Scott. Come back. He's not a cat. No, that was Phil. Yeah. Oh, no. oh goodness. He's not a dog either. Actually, that would be very uncomfortable. Well, you think about the chafing. Yeah, I know. That's why it'd be very uncomfortable. You scared him so bad he's gone offline. <laughs> Good heavens! We're way off course. We're heading out of the vault, and yep. he thanks her and says, "You know." She says Draco should be very proud, and he says thanks, and you don't exactly give the family a bad name either. Evil, twisted, sadistic, maybe, but not bad. <laughs> and um, off they go, and of course, she starts laughing, and the poor little chained dragon at the end of the, the thing out there flinches back from her insane laughter. Poor thing. It's worse than Probably because it does. it's sensitive to sound now. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I did not understand. In, in canon, I did not understand that scene. No. And I was, oh, okay, la, 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 okay, I guess. It's it's chained up, whatever. You know, I was already crying, but seeing that in the theaters, I was just like, it's so sad. I know. It was so pathetic, that poor <sighs> thing. And it, it, it got its comeuppance, and I was like, yeah, go dragon, kill them, because they're idiots. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised, though. I was like, I did not expect the, oh, boy, did not need to see that, when the, when the, when the uh, cart falls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, when he doesn't like heights. But <laughs> when I was thinking, I was forget spew. Yeah, really. Let's save <laughs> yeah, the know. dragons. Is this like, save the whales? <laughs> <laughs> save the dragons! Okay, you brought him up. I was gonna, I was gonna tell this earlier, but it didn't seem like the right time. But now that you've brought up whales, there was a must have been on Facebook today. I don't know where it was exactly, but this kayaker was out in this little. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. that kayak, and the big blue whale was there, and he that was cool. And then he went in the water with him. Yeah, and people had posted and said how you know insane he was. I'd have done it. And oh, I'm wondering where they were, because... So you don't want to do that. Oh, no, I, I'd have gone... I wouldn't have gone and touched him or anything like that, but I'd have Oh, gone. you wouldn't have, like, gone out into the water? I would have gone into the water. I, oh, I, that's... No, that's an incredibly stupid thing to do. Because yeah. well, their, cool. their mass is such that if, like, they go down or something, then they pull all that... It, it's like when the Titanic yeah. sunk and every, everybody was pulled under, right. not even on the ship, just because of the force... But I think they're fairly aware and stuff. It's not like, have you, have you seen the one where the kayaker's out there and the orca leaps into the air and, and smashes it down on top of the kayaker? Yeah. Oosh. Really? See, um, I go out with the orcas, too. Cause yeah. I have, I have an affinity with orcas. And we should keep going because Scott seems to have dropped off the center of the earth. He uh, 
didn't know if it was necessary or not, but he apparently got Which here are we talking about? He, Draco, didn't know if it okay, was necessary. Okay, we're back on the story. <laughs> or not, yes. I'm going back. Um, but he apparently got uh, Neville to promise that he could take a token of, of Hufflepuffs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that it was okay for him to take the cup. Mm-hmm. So, and he goes into the room of requirement to hide it. And while he's in there, he crosses over to this cabinet where, gee, there's a tiara on this funky little head. And he's <laughs> like, hmm. And he sticks the, the cup inside the cabinet and he steps back and he's like, this looks like somebody hid something in here. And he finds Snape's book. His book. Uh, book. Uh, yes. Yes. And uh, he starts whooping and laughing. And poor Trelawney hears the whooping and laughing. And she gets very upset because the corridor is just not being polite. <laughs> it's laughing at her. And that's just <laughs> wrong. It's wrong, I tell you, wrong. So. And then we... Whoop! Go on to the next chapter, which I believe is our last chapter for tonight. Yep, 46. 46. And Hermione wants to know why he hasn't destroyed the cup. And he says, with what? You've read the same books I have, and there's only a couple of ways we can destroy this thing. Uh, Basilix, Venom, Fiendfire, and a potion. Anybody want to try the potion? Anamatero? Yeah. Which he's not going to try making... And no, I can imagine months. not. Well, it, take, it takes half the year, and it's almost Christmas. Yeah, and it's a great potion because it, it eats through a cauldron a month while you're uh, brewing it. So, and it who, has, would, who would brew this? Like, why would they brew this? I know. And a drop gets anywhere, it blows up the whole area and stuff like that. So, yeah, it doesn't sound like a very good thing to be playing with. This sounds like playing with, like, um, napalm. Napalm. It sounds yeah. like you're playing with napalm. It's just like, why would you play with napalm? Yeah, not good Unle- thing. Unless you want to get nominated for the Darwin Awards. There you go. And then, and then by all means, play with napalm. Mm-hmm. So, and he thinks about Sangri, but no, her, her capster on her fangs are permanent, so there's no way that they can use her venom. And Draco knows that there's a dead basculus, but there's no way for him to get to it because he doesn't know how to speak Parseltongue. So that won't work. And the fiend fire you can use, but you have to be able to stop it within a few seconds. And he doesn't have that counter curse down yet. So that's probably not a good thing to use either. So I love that scene in the movie. Basically. I, <laughs> yeah. I, hated, I hated the fact that uh, Crab died. Yeah. It was so sad. Oh, well, no, whatever. <laughs> Did you see that one of them, and I can't remember now if it was Crab or Goyle, got caught with a bomb? He was going yeah. to go blow yeah. something up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is with these two? They're as stupid in real life as they are in the movie. Apparently. Yeah. But I love how Ron came running and just grabs Hermione. It was just like, screw you, Harry. <laughs> running off. And we... Yeah. Re- two readies. Three readies. I want three readings now. Welcome back. Hello. Greetings. Wait, wait. Welcome back, Phil. It was nice to have you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've moved on to chapter 46. Oh, wow. We're really going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were gone we, forever. 
This is going to be a six-hour podcast. Oh, my goodness gracious. No, we've only been on for <laughs> three hours. two hours and 55 minutes. Uh-huh. And we yes, but this is half of three podcast. hours last time. <laughs> and that's true. People are going to die when they see the size of these podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, when we cut out, you know, Scott being on for 10 minutes and us talking about nothing and... <laughs> Singing songs and talking about blue whales and swimming with them. And <laughs> It'll be cut down to five <laughs> hours. Draco is uh, about a third talking of the way down. to them about the different ways to kill the Horcrux. And Harry says, well, can't the other Harry just use fire? I mean, I call it fire all the time. And they figure out that it's tradition that the babies get their powers bound at birth so that they can't set the furniture and stuff on fire. Probably that's what happened to Harry if he does actually have this power. So to explain to those who did not follow through through the rest of Dangerverse, there are four heirs, and each heir controls a power. The heir to Ravenclaw, which which happens to be Megan, can heal with her hands. The heir to Hufflepuff controls plants, and that, of course, is Neville. The heir to Slytherin can speak partial tongue, and that's Voldemort, and through him, Harry. And the heir Such to a Gryffindor. lovely power. Everybody else gets something cool. Oh, you never know. Well, you can do you, some neat things you, with snakes. I mean, if you, I think the way D.B. handles it is correct, is if you know snakes and you know you can talk to them and say, hey, don't bite me, they're not as scary. Mm-hmm. I suppose. Snakes are cool. I mm-hmm. like snakes. I rescued one not too long ago. You can t- yeah, tell well, that Sula's on a farm. <laughs> <laughs> this is my, my favorite story from when we were little kids. My brother used mm-hmm. to catch snakes all the time and bring them to me and make me hold them while he made cages for them or tanks for them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not afraid of snakes. Mm-hmm. But he'd gone out in the field through the cow pasture out to the stock pond that we had and had caught himself a little racer snake and it was you know it was about a foot long and he was walking back through the field and he was barefoot and he stepped on a bee and he stopped and he started crying and he dropped the snake and he fell down crying and then he caught the snake and he sat there crying because the bee had stung him but it didn't take him you know it didn't sting him bad enough to actually let the poor little snake go (laughs) he got it again and I still I can still see him sitting out there in that field with that poor little snake in his hand my my dad grew up in the desert of California, and he tell, tells us stories all the time about how they had snakes and spiders and anything that they could catch, they just put scorpions. in jars. They didn't catch scorpions, mm. but they they caught pretty much anything that they could catch that their, their mom would allow them to keep in the house. Oh, goodness, I would and, not let my kids keep a scorpion in the house. Neither would I. Like, I, I've no. seen those things. They're scary. But no. so they had, like, snakes and dogs and cats and squirrels and <laughs> My dad all wants kinds a snake. of odd things. Snakes are cool. Dad and so wants a when snake I was, and I had a well, hamster and dad threatened to feed it to his imaginary snake. I was not pleased. <laughs> well, when I, was, when I was six or seven, I asked dad why we never had snakes and stuff because I knew he had snakes and stuff when they were there. He had like a boa that was, you know, really oh, long too. And he was like, because your mom is afraid of like all kinds of creepy crawly things. So there was no way that we were going to get snakes. Aww. 
Which is kind of too bad, because when kids are a little like that, they're they're unafraid of snakes and, and spiders and things. Mm-hmm. It's only when they get old. I, though I was never a fan of Madagascar hissing cockroaches. What are those? They're kind of scary. Well, they make lots of noise, and I was mm. not very... But I remember being fascinated by bees. Oh, lovely. Bees are fun. I was on anyway. a home visit the other day, and we had the door open because it was dark and full of cigarette smoke. Mm-hmm. And uh, a bee flew in, and she went and got the fly swatter. And I was like, "No, that's a honeybee. You can't kill it. They're they're endangered." <laughs> and I talked her into letting it go. So that was cool. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got stung by a bee once without even doing anything. I was standing on the driveway and just came over and stung me. Oh, mm-hmm. nice poor Mooney. My friend told me that she got dressed yesterday, and she put her pants on and as she was putting on her pants she was like that's weird there's something moving in my pants and then it was like that's weird something just stung me and she started taking off her pants and it got her a second time and there was a yellow jacket in her pants oh mm-hmm. yuck those are nasty like, i didn't even know i mean i don't even know where it came from it was just in there i was like ouch that hurts oh the sting yeah. too yeah, we have hornets not. somewhere around, so whenever we go eat on the deck, they come and uh, see what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But they're dead now, because it's winter. Mm. We're way off course. Anyhow, the original fourth part of Cat's point was <laughs> that um, the Gryffindor heir can control fire. Hence, yes. Harry in Bovoverse can control fire because he's the heir and has been released to his power, mm-hmm. whereas Canon Harry uh, never was. Right. And if he has that power. Well, my my real point is that you know it it seems a little too good to be true in this because I know a lot of people are irked by when you know there are like elementals or whatever within mm-hmm. the ears of whatever, mm-hmm. and it's a lot better in DB. Mm-hmm. I have to say it's it's just well explained and well reasoned, and there are definite consequences to their actions they have to jump through 45,000 different hoops because Harry is an orphan mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. to try to get it yep. still I've always thought that Harry being the heir of Gryffindor was a bit too convenient yes but it makes for such a wonderful I want to see a fic where the heir of Gryffindor is Dean just because be Dean never gets anything that would be fun <laughs> Yeah. Well, and Dean is actually a half blood, so yeah. He is, so that would be really cool if his dad. And he's was like, the what? Heir of I'm a Bungle Lord. Uh, no, actually, you aren't. By the way, you're the heir of Gryffindor. <laughs> or the Weasleys. Or the Weasleys. I wouldn't mind that. No, I would mind the Weasleys because the Weasleys get everything. <laughs> it makes sense because they've got red hair, and you know, so does yeah. Gryffindor. But, but I mean, it, it's just the whole like you had a happy upbringing. You, you got enough in your life. I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> You're rich. Yeah. I need eggs. It was Neville, too, but he's already got the other half of the Chosen One deal. and mm-hmm. Could be Seamus, I suppose. Yeah. He seems to be blowing things up, at least in movie or, Cullen, or one of the Muggleborns. Yeah. Cullen. Cullen. Can you Cullen, Cullen <laughs> the No, no, we're not going down that road. Or, you know, it could be a completely different... They don't have to be in the same house. It could be, like, Terry Boot or Zachariah Smith or somebody is oh, there. Well, it's it's Zachariah Zachariah Smith. Ernie. Come on, it's Ernie. <laughs> Whatever. 
<laughs> It'd be fun, though, just to, to have if, someone out of the ordinary to get one of those titles. I would love to see Severus Snape as the heir of Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. No, Severus Snape needs to be the heir of Hufflepuff. <laughs> no, no, no! He really should be the heir of Gryffindor because he was sorted into Slytherin because of his upbringing, not because of his character. That's true. Well, how did Harry? Never mind. <laughs> because he argued with the hat. Snape probably didn't argue with the hat. Mm. No, because Snape wanted to be in Slytherin. Yeah. So maybe he did argue with the hat the other opposite way. I still want to know about Sirius's upbringing. Um, I really don't. I that's one of the few things that I don't. I do want to know about James's upbringing. That too. Mm. Yeah. Well, hopefully in Pottermore. Because we'll for years that. don't work. I know. I, wait, 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 wait. Teddy Lupin is the heir of Gryffindor. From who aside? Uh, Remus. from the Blacks. From the Blacks. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That works. Yep. The. The Oso oh Slytherin house is secretly the uh, heirs of Gryffindor, and they don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Could you imagine if Mrs. Black knew that she was the heir? <laughs> oh my well, gosh. Well, Let's I let think... Bellatrix be the heir. That'll be fun. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ooh, Bellatrix with fire. Mm. <laughs> oh, that would be bad. Very, very bad. <laughs> Well, we don't necessarily have to go with the same versions of the air powers that Anne has, but yeah. I think I think there was something about certain airs had to be boys and certain airs had to be girls about it. But Why? Yeah, but because I have this very along, so it's okay. What? I said, but we're making this up as we go along, so it's okay. Well, why is a fair question, because I am a feminist. But, you know, the founders were a thousand years ago where their ideals were very different. And I've always kind of thought that, you know, a lot of... Rowena and Helga must have had amazing powers to make it. Well, part of it is just the heirs, as in heirs of family stuff within canon, are all, all boys. You don't see girls claiming right to family stuff, especially in fandom. Because they're this very old school culture. Yeah. So it would seem prudent that girls wouldn't inherit powers. Girls wouldn't inherit inherit wealth. Mm, I suppose. Because I like logic. <laughs> I like I'm not everything. Sure if you can attach logic to wizards, though. <laughs> of course, you can attach logic to wizards. What are you talking about? <laughs> but they can be illogical as well. And then we have Megan, who's decided that if Draco will take her back to the other universe, that if she can touch Harry, she'd know whether or not he was the heir. And he says, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> not going to happen. Nope, nope, nope. Mm -hmm. So he says she's just going to have to be curious forever. And he, she says, but I'm not even a cat. And, yeah. yeah, she's not a cat. Her name's Megan, not cat. Yep. Yep. Only I can be cat, and other people named cat can be cat too. Well, that's good. Now you're confusing us, but that's okay. <laughs> so the, there's um there's a girl named Cat in my Sunday school group, mm -hmm. so she's Cat One and I'm Cat Two. <laughs> okay. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. Yes. One fish, two fish. One I should have gotten one of those T-shirts at Universal. What? They had, like, thing one, thing two, and then, like, one for the parents. It was really witty. I don't remember what they were for the life of me. And all the way down to, like, thing six, I think. And 
which is adorable, and I should have gotten a thing one t-shirt. Yes, you should have. We'll, we'll go back someday. Yep. Tut, tut. We will. For, for PokeCon 2014. <laughs> 2014. <laughs> okay. Start saving now, folks. We decided that was way too much effort, so we're just going to go to LeakyCon 2013 and maybe have a panel. Um, it wants... will be 2014 before this is out. <laughs> <laughs> it will be. <laughs> Which is really sad. Will it really? <laughs> no, probably awesome. not quite, but you it'll, never know. It'll, it'll be 2012. Ron works know... out the Venom thing that um, they work out later in canon. And you said something because, about Luna? Yeah, it's a little further on. Ah. Um, well, I, I love the fact that Ron is ten times smarter and than his canon counterpart. Well, he doesn't have a Horcrux sitting around his neck, so, you know. <laughs> but you even in the sixth year! <laughs> mm. yeah. So, Luna wants to know how the Animagus training's coming, and then we start talking about holidays and Hermione says, oh, speaking of holidays, we're going to do Peter Pan. And of course, Draco Draco's never heard of that. Idea what Peter Pan is. And so yep. they start talking about Neverland. Apparently yeah. they're not going with the James Berry's a squib idea mm-hmm. in this one. Second star to right and straight on the morning. But mm-hmm. Might be fun. Well, Disney's apparently a squib. Yes. Mm. Yep. <laughs> and then it seems was... like every person in Anne's universe who believes in magic in some way, shape, shape or form, they're a squib. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, is by, by Anne's logic, I'm a squib. So he, he's amusing himself by, try, by thinking about uh, Lucius being transported into this world and trying to kick Mooney and Danger out of the manor. And then imagining that the manor would toss him out instead because, you know, the manor doesn't quite like him. And this manor is powerful. And, and probably he, the adult Crab and Goyle are just as different as the young ones mm-hmm. and various other people he'd try and find. And uh, and then he'd come, run into Draco and his group of people and pass out. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So he's... He's got some good imagination going. And then he thinks about Aunt Bella's counterpart because she had one, at least. But the operative word was had because she's dead. She died in the troubles. Although she was apparently nuts. Yes. And he's found out that his random answers at the History of Magic exam has put him at the beginner level, which he kind of likes because he's learning all about this new world. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And we actually learn a little bit about what the troubles were. And this was the whether there should be a code of secrecy or not. Mm-hmm. Yes, because if they muggles don't know there's such a thing as magic, they can't turn you in for using it on them. So. But they're also much easier targets for the Dementors, and then you wind up with more Dementors, and it's not good. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's why it became an issue in this world, I guess. And he's figured out what's happened to Hagrid, and that's also traced back to the Troubles, but it's for a happier reason, because since there was no Chamber of Secrets, he didn't get expelled and went to help out with an infestation of acromantulas in France and found Madame Olympie. And it was love at first sight. Oh, excuse me, love at first enormous sight. <laughs> yes. Apparently he has just as awful a French accent as he does an English one. Mm-hmm. But, 
and he might bring his kids over for Christmas. Ooh, that'd be <laughs> funny. <laughs> and dangerous babies do around Christmas, and Draco's mind is going like a million different ways. And yeah. Hogwarts is nice, but it's no place for the holidays, and hopefully they're going home. And we learn that he's put a bright yellow strip around his curtains at the Beauvoir Hogwarts because otherwise he keeps trying to hex people when they wake him up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's confused on which place he's at. So this way he knows immediately where they are. And they went with yellow because that was less controversial than red or blue. Of course it was. <laughs> Let's see. And his world's Luna is awfully cute in a pixies sort of way. And she's been a much better sport about the taunting. It's almost as if she knows. Hmm. Gee, I wonder. Yeah. He's not thinking about that. No, really, he's not. Except for this other bit over here. But no, he's not really thinking about that. And And he's talking to himself. And Neville says, who are you talking to? And he's like, myself, are you listening? No, I don't think so. Sorry to hear about that. (laughs) Good banter. And then there's an alarm. It's the ward's alarm. Yeah. We don't know whether it's a real alarm or a dr- drill, but you have to follow through anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. And this is where we're going to end. Yes. The Dementors are queuing outside, and someone's shielding them from the burning, and they're drinking of the sweetness of the barrier, and soon it will be gone. That's not good. Dementors in Hogwarts is not a good thing at all. So, lovely Cliffy for you. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Although, Aunt. of course, you, you are allowed to read ahead, but we still want to put that in just because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Scott falls over. <laughs> no, it's just my headphones falling off my head. Ah, but uh-huh. They're very slippery. They do that. At least you're not wearing two anymore. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> So there we are. We've we've gotten in pretty far. Draco's pretty good guy. Luna. Guess what I've been doing? Talking on mute. Yes. <laughs> I am shocked. Oh my god. What I've been saying is that because Kelly is not with us because it's the World Series right now, I would like to tip my hat off to her and announce that St. Louis has won Game One of the World Series. Yes, and not only that, Kelly has tickets to the game. Well, one of the games. Don't know which one, but I heard her squeeing all the way in Oregon the other day. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I I think I heard a squeer on that ten too. I did yep. not know that it, that was her, but I knew I heard squeeing. Yep, yep. So she's going to a game, and I haven't seen a ton of, of uh, tweets. So I would say she's probably not at the game tonight, but I don't know. Right. It is. It ended. It ended three to two. So I have family who likes the Cardinals and Kelly likes the Cardinals. And, you know, as long as the Cardinals beats the Cubs, I like the Cardinals. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm rooting for the Cardinals. Okay. There you go. Got to get our baseball in for the series. Have you you noticed that it's been lacking lately? It has. We don't have any of our baseball people and and we don't have hockey going at at all. It's just very sad. So yes, I'm really liking it. I did break down the other day and start reading ahead. I'm 
Mm-hmm. Partway to chapter 90 now. I don't know where I am because I've stopped putting in chapter titles and I've just been adding one after the other after the other onto a text document and mm-hmm. doing it all in one. So, mm-hmm. and, and we're recording this in October. It's a little bit before Halloween. And today I got my Capital Steps one minute teaser for the Halloween edition. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm very... We should say goodnight so I can turn this thing off. Alex is asleep behind my computer, so I can't see him. Mm. Except for there's this one little free paw sticking straight up in the air. (laughs) So it's like this this disembodied leg that keeps waving around over there. It's sort of (laughs) Halloween-ish. Alex, what are you doing? Sleeping. So, but yes, is there anything anybody wants to say before we sign off that is uh, fic related? I'm enjoying the series. It's great to read it again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I hope you're all enjoying our coverage and it isn't too schizophrenic with our breaks in the middle of the <laughs> podcast, but uh-huh. there are a lot of chapters in this fix, so it really has to be done. But yes, it's, it's a great time going through you everything. Know- there's something about this fic that Anne has a way of writing that's just, it's like coming home again. Because I, I wrote, I started reading Anne's fix when I was going through kind of a hard time in my life. And, and just even the style is just like, I can sit and read this for hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, this is the first one of hers that I've reread. Well, actually, this is the first of any Harry Potter that I have ever reread all the way through. I mean, even canon, I only read it. The, all the way through the first time I read the books and then my reread right before DH Part 2 came out. So one of these which doesn't is, have to reread. Which is nuts Can't, to me, by the way. I know, I know, I know. Say. You're well, insane. I'll, I'd reread bits of it, but I never really felt the need to reread it. So going back through this and going, uh-huh, uh-huh, I remember this and that, and oh yeah, I forgot about this, and just tying it into canon has just been really interesting. Mm-hmm. You're, been I mean, let's yeah, I've read Prisoner of Azkaban at least 14 or 15 times. Yeah, oh. me too. Yeah. I mean, there are people who don't um, like everything that Anne does with her stories, and so- some of that you can see why it would get a little overdone or whatever, but mm-hmm. a, a fair majority, anyway, of Anne's stories are really the ultimate in feel good fic. Like, you always know things will work out, and mm-hmm. she's really clever about getting it to do so in unexpected ways. And, I mean, obviously, she also has fics that are um, turn the angst up to 11 and uh, everybody dies at the end, but those are Yay, angst! <laughs> <laughs> and there's lots of foreshadowing in both canon and Anne's fix where <laughs> now I have two floating feet. <laughs> what? Oh. Um, what? I said, now I have two floating feet. Actually, there's three. I can just see three feet now. <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, there's lots of foreshadowing in both. So, I mean, that's a really cool thing to be able to read through it and then to go back and read through it and go, oh, God, I missed that. How did I miss that? You know, that's, that's really mm-hmm. neat. There are bits well, I just the- noticed in this read-through of these chapters that I hadn't even spotted before. Um, oh, yeah. And- I didn't mention a couple of them because I don't want to spoil you guys for the sections we're going to read next. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing you picked up a, a couple of the things that I had picked up on. I'm like, 
This is my third re- re- read through. How have I not like picked up on these things yet? Right. Mm-hmm. But they're they're really buried in there. So, so yeah, there. we're having a good time. Hopefully you are too. I guess if you don't like them, you don't necessarily have to listen to these ones, but they are going to go on for a while. Um, <laughs> no, really? Yeah, <laughs> How many do we have? Like three We're four almost more? halfway through, but not okay. quite. Next okay. week will be halfway through and a little over. Yep. Or next podcast, I should say, given our propensity for not being weekly anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Potterfic whenever. <laughs> We're yeah. giving you a six-hour podcast. Stop complaining. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I've got like 15 hours to listen to now. <laughs> and with that, we will say goodbye, everybody. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.